Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 22. We're discussing summer blockbusters. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I feel like it's been forever since we recorded. <laughs> it does, right? That yeah. Saturday kind of threw it off. Yeah, yeah, so we recorded a little early last week to accommodate some scheduling. Mm-hmm. And so we recorded on Saturday and we usually record on Mondays and now I'm all thrown off by everything and I'm having a hard time deciphering what we've talked about in our personal lives. That's right. And what we talked about on the podcast. <laughs> so if there's some overlap somewhere, I apologize. Yeah. I didn't go back and recheck. I went through kind of the show notes. And I was like, I don't think we've talked about some of this stuff, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so much stuff to talk about, right? Every yeah, day something's we, coming out. Exactly. Yeah. We missed news last week, so mm-hmm. there's kind of like we got this backlog of news to yeah, get through yeah. um, over this. So we're going to jump straight into it. Nice. Civil War, man. You had a chance to sneak out and grab a second viewing. Yeah, that's... Do your thoughts, does oh. everything hold up? Everything does. You know, it's it's quite opposite from Age of Ultron. When I went to see Age of Ultron, I was blown away the first uh, first screening. And then when I saw it again, the next time, I kind of saw the holes in yeah. the film. But seeing this um, Civil War, just fantastic. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's a little more relaxing because the anticipation was gone. So I could just really just sit back, watch the movie, enjoy things. The humor was just as funny the second yeah. time, too. <sighs> I was just counting those beats, waiting for the for the punchlines, and it just worked every time. So, again, uh, you heard the, the, the review last time. Yeah. Still nothing but good things to say about Civil War seeing it the second time. Who knows? Maybe I'll try and go and see it a third yeah. time. i got to get in there and see it a second. I haven't had a chance to get there yet. Yeah. But now hearing that, and that's what I'm hoping for, because like I said last week, it's uh, there's so much anticipation going in. Yes. We did a lot of work towards trying to understand and predict what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that kind of took me out of it. Not right. a lot, but just a tiny, tiny bit. So I'm really looking forward to going back. I can check it out with that second viewing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah. And yeah. it looks like we're not the only ones that are either contemplating or have gone and seen right. this a second time. Yeah. So it's had another big weekend of the box office, mm-hmm. taking the number one domestically, number one globally. And this thing had a 60% drop, so it took in about $72 yeah. million dollars mm-hmm. over the box office or over the weekend, which is stellar. Again. Huge. Oh, and, it's, yeah. and Disney seems to be cannibalizing on itself because it's got like two or three films there. Oh, yeah. Jungle <laughs> Book's just behind it, I think, at number two. Yeah, exactly. Zootopia just yeah. left the number five spot, so... That's yeah. incredible. So this gives Captain America Civil War the eighth highest grossing second weekend of all time. Yeah. So that puts it up there, kind of banging around with Jurassic World, Star Wars, Avengers, Age of Ultron. So all those movies. So sitting in that category. That's and awesome. it's, it's playing very, very similar to Iron Man 3, actually. Right, right. As I think far it's, as numbers. Uh, is it the sixth biggest superhero movie, I think? Yeah, it's it's sitting it's in there, yeah. Far. Okay. So yeah. It's, it's creeping up on a billion dollars already globally. Yeah. So it's at like $940 million as a recording, and I'm assuming wow. but towards the end of the week we're going to be at a billion dollars. That's incredible. No problem. Is this the third week or second week? This would be the second weekend, wow. yeah. That's incredible. Or, yeah, second weekend. Yeah, second weekend. <laughs> wow. What this does for the MCU, this movie pushes the MCU globally over the $10 billion mark. Wow. So this franchise since 2008, since its inception, has made over $10 billion globally. It's the biggest wow. franchise of all time. Yeah. Yes, it does have 13 movies in it compared to something like Star Wars that, or Harry Potter that has seven right. or eight entries, right? Exactly. It looks like this franchise going forward, especially with considering the quality of movies they're putting out and the volume of movies they're putting out, nothing's ever going to touch this. No. As far as global box office. No. And franchises. The one exception would be potentially Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But the rate that they're putting the movies out, even just one a year, is going to keep up to Marvel's three movies a year. Exactly. Even though it's doing $2 billion <laughs> a, a movie. But So these numbers, they're great. They're nothing to look down upon at all. But um, what did it do? Opening uh, weekend box office? Seven, just below 180. 180. So my prediction was off. I, yeah. I totally flunked that one. But um, there's word or mouth going around that are we at a superhero fatigue? What do you think? I mean, I think that's still a great number, but... you. I think they had it set higher than 180. 
Yeah, so a lot of people, us included, were looking at the $200 million. That seems to be the bar that everyone's setting at now, where it's like, if you get over $200 million, you're a bona fide hit. And Sanjay threw out an interesting tweet. It's like, why is everyone disappointed that Civil War made $180 million its opening weekend? Exactly. Like, it was only in 2002 or so that we got over the $100 million mark, and people were losing it, saying nothing's ever going to beat Spider-Man. Nothing's ever going to beat it. And now we're at this 200, and you know, Force Awakens took it to another level with the 250. Mm -hmm. And so are we getting to a superhero fatigue? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we'll put this on hold until we talk about our summer blockbuster yes. kind of section at the end here. Because we're going to go through at the end of the, or towards the end of the podcast and talk about summer blockbusters, kind of how they came about and what we're looking at in 2016. Because when I was looking at this, I'm looking at some of the movies that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for the superhero movies, I don't know if I'd be spending a ton of time at the movie theater this That's year. That's true. Yeah. These, are, these are now the summer blockbusters. These have taken over from your action-packed, your, your big effects sort of movies. Yeah. And without those, you take those away, what's left? Kind of, And so we'll get into that a little there. That's an interesting point. But, yeah. you know, just, just to give a little insight, I don't really think we're at a superhero fatigue. Right. And it's, you got to think, too. It's, you know, start of summer. Yeah. I know this is usually the big time. Age of Ultron didn't do much better. That's right. And it's and got that Avengers, Avengers title in exactly. front of it. Yeah. And this, you know, conceptually is very similar to an Avengers movie, but it's mm-hmm. still Cap's story. Yeah. And I think it's more well done than Definitely. Avengers and Age of Ultron. And it has better word of mouth than that. So this thing might just have a longer runtime in the theaters than, than Age of Ultron did. Yeah. Ultimately, it's still going to do well over a billion dollars. It's probably going to park itself around 1.3 to 1.5. Mm-hmm. So this is still Incredible. a massive hit. That's a huge success for, uh, for Disney. Yeah. And, and Disney themselves are killing it. Oh my goodness. Like, they ever. Their box office total domestically mm-hmm. is already over a billion dollars. So that's with The Jungle Book, Zootopia, yeah. and Civil War. Wow. And so they did that in 128 days. So that's the fastest ever by a long mark. Mm-hmm. Universal did it last year in 165 days. Wow. For the domestic billion. That was but they also pump out a lot more movies, I think, too, don't they? Yeah, and they yeah. had a couple big hits. Fast, yeah. Furious 7, Minions, and Jurassic World. Jurassic World is yeah, huge. So <laughs> yeah. They had some big ones. But yeah. Disney's already taken that. And they still have this massive slate of movies. Yeah. Like I was saying, they're cannibalizing themselves. Because this Jungle Book and Civil War competing with each other and then yeah. the family movie is Zootopia which is another Disney movie exactly and I think they still have Finding Dory yeah. and Doctor Strange and Rogue yeah. One yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and then also at the end of the month Alice through Looking Glass that's right you look at the biggest movies they have so Star Wars Marvel stuff and Pixar stuff mm-hmm. they're all purchases Oh, and then now you have this kind of Disney live action Jungle Book, Cinderella, yeah. Alice. So they have that own, all that. Yeah, yeah. So they have that kind of niche there. Yeah. But then the three prop, big properties that they bought, there's like four billion for Marvel, four billion for Star Wars, I think seven for Pixar. Wow. And they're all like, it's insane how much money they're Holy making. Smokes. So the person who decided, yeah, let's buy Marvel yeah. in a couple of years, let's buy Star Wars. Good job. People were questioning, you know, are they going to get the return mm-hmm. on these? Yeah. And they've always been one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's absolutely crazy how much money they're really making is. this year. Just incredible. So with all the, the press junkets and that with Civil War, we're getting some, the, the Russos in particular, doing some interviews. And mm-hmm. there's a really interesting one in Empire Magazine. And if you go back a couple episodes to our prediction episode on Civil War, and even last week talked a bit about this idea, this concept of the death of Captain America. Yeah. And I was a very big proponent of pushing, saying they're definitely doing this. Mm-hmm. If I was a betting man, I would have laid it all on the table and yeah. said they're 100% killing Captain America. But the Russos talked to that idea and why they didn't take that that route in particular with the story. Mm-hmm. And they called it they didn't want to take the easy route out. That's cool. They're getting they're going through the article and they're discussing this idea of people are starting to see this formula. Like mm-hmm. 
we get to a point, we kill someone, we bring them back. And they right. didn't want to repeat that. So they want to break away from that formula, which is really nice and refreshing to hear. It is. That even though this was like a beloved and very highly praised comic book and the follow on the Fallen Sun stuff, mm-hmm. what I would have really liked to see them go, they want to leave the Avengers more fractured. Right. And kind of this, instead of having the family come together over the death of a superhero, they want to leave this kind of very ambiguous and kind of out there ready for the other stories to pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether this was a bit self-serving, because eventually it's all going to come back around in Affinity War exactly. for themselves. Yeah. So they left the Avengers kind of broken, disassembled, if you will. Yeah. And they're eventually going to bring them back together in Affinity War. Nice. I like that a lot because it's been pretty easy for them to just kill off these characters and we see them come back apart from uh, Quicksilver. Yeah. You know, everyone they've killed off come back. Nick Fury, how many times? Yeah. Uh, you know, Coulson and, um, I'm forgetting, oh, and, and Loki. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I, I like that fact that they decide to keep Cap around. Yeah, they've broken away and kind of they have the two writers that they've been working with too with through Winter Soldier, Civil War, and now into Infinity War all have this idea and they, they seem to be pumping out these high quality movies so Definitely. it makes me extra excited for for Infinity War. Definitely, yeah, I can't wait. My only um, recommendation, not like I know much because I don't, I'm not a marketer myself, but maybe they should slow it down on when they release this movie ahead of the regular audience. So as opposed to pumping it out a month before for like the private screenings, I yeah. think they should kind of tighten that a little bit. Yeah. I think that kind of hurt the film a little bit because there's like a month of buzz going around and the, the general audience couldn't even see this movie, right? Yeah. So yeah, It's yeah. interesting you say that because I, I think a lot, even more into the second weekend, I'm kind of already over the big buzz. I'm kind of right. Like, yeah, exactly. Because uh, you know it got released so early to um, the the private reviewers and yeah. critics and all that kind of stuff, right? So on May fourth, mm-hmm. Marvel kind of took a little spotlight away from Star Wars on oh, Star yeah. Wars Day and released their first look at a Spider-Man action figure that's tied directly to the Civil War. Yes, so our first look at Spider-Man merchandise. Right, Marvel Legends. Yes, so yeah. it's a three pack: Battle Damage Iron Man, mm-hmm. Battle Damage Cap. And Spider-Man. Spider-Man with Cap Shield. Yes. Yeah. What so did you think cool. of the look from it? Just, we got one or two pictures of it. Yeah, right? they're, they're a little pixelated, eh? Yeah. It's kind of hard to find good quality, but the suit looks pretty cool. I like Spider-Man's suit a lot, because I've always been a fan of the darker blue as opposed to, like, the bright light blue, so it looks good. Uh, the webbing, I noticed, it looks like it's embedded as opposed to painted on. Nice. Which is, which is always cool. And Cap, uh, you know, I wish they did a little something different for Cap, because like where I mentioned to you off air, we are talking, like, this molding of Captain America they've had since Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and then Age of Ultron, and then we got it again for Civil War, and then we're getting it again for this yeah. other Civil War. Uh, Iron Man's looks really cool. Yeah, really like his uh, battle damage. I can't wait to get my hands on this. I might buy two, <laughs> so I can also get the amazing Spider-Man uh, figure and kind of mix those two together. <laughs> See what I can do because they're both embedded wedding webbing. So, um, but yeah, you know it's it's great. I love love the design of this costume for Spider-Man, and I can't wait to get my hands on it for the figure. Yeah, so, so that's dropping in August. So we got a few yeah, months yet, a few months to go. Not exactly sure which retail stores it's going to land in. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming Toys R Us and all that. So yeah. we keep an eye out for that one. Definitely. We also Definitely. got some other news in Spider-Man merchandise. So it started to trickle out here, and it's interesting that they waited this long to actually start to drop the spider-man and that was i guess in in the true form of keeping this a big secret Mm -hmm. yeah also announced the the first spider-man funko pop from civil war and he's holding the shield there's an image yeah there's a full image in the box so it comes it's a four pack actually okay spider-man holding the cap shield yeah hawkeye and then two little keychain cap and iron man it's a big four pack oh that's cool so there's a bit of confusion as to whether or not it's going to be a collector's core exclusive because collector cores tweeted it out but it looks like it's going to be available at most retail shops local comic book shops and that so keep an eye out for that i think it's going to drop in june nice it's good that hawkeye's getting some love because i feel like he's kind of hasn't had much marketing going behind this movie and i'd love to see a figure is there legends of this hawkeye or no actually no sorry 
There was an Amazon exclusive four pack for Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. So that had Hawkeye in it, I believe. Right. But not for Civil War, as far as I know, as far as legends go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. And then, then the other thing is I'm, I'm into the Marvel Heroes 2016 video game, MMO, and they've actually released a cool costume pack for all the Avengers based off the Civil War line. Oh, so nice. So I got my hands on Cap and Iron Man and Spider-Man's coming out, I think, in the next patch. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The last little bit of, of collecting news as far as Civil War, we got one more Lego set drop. Nice. So we had three previously. I managed to get my hands on all of them. The next one coming out has a spider-man minifigure and it's wow to the true form of the civil war outfit or costume there's a hawkeye in there and then a repack vision and cap so it's a really small set it's probably around 40 bucks or so Mm -hmm. and i think it's going to be an exclusive to the lego store and one other retailer it's either toys r us or a walmart or something like that or target maybe um, but keep a lookout for that in the next couple of months. It looks pretty cool. Nice. So a lot of just kind of fill out the minifigure collection yeah. with your, your Hawkeye. So it's a new Hawkeye with the kind of the arm. I really like that design yeah. too. Yeah, it's closer to the comics. Exactly. Yeah. But it's cool to see that we're getting that last piece of Lego. It's just a truck too. Yeah. It just supplements the airport. And so like the overall Legos for Civil War weren't great. There right. wasn't a big ship or anything like that. Yeah. And because the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't have kind of that variety of ships that say a star wars yeah, does yeah that's right they had the big helicarrier a few years ago mm-hmm. but i'm really just into collecting the minifigures in the different sets there's nothing you get kind of a repeat quinjet and yeah. you get you know avengers mansion and a few other things but nothing too spectacular like you get with bigger star wars sets right or even the jurassic world sets. some of them were pretty cool yeah I bet but it's, it's gonna be nice to fill out that that minifigure because i've been looking for a cheap spider-man to get yeah just to kind of supplement that and now that they have the the design costume nice. coming out so excited is there an airport kind of thing they've made to go yeah so they've just got like a tower oh, okay. and then they had some kind of boxes and this is just a fuel truck that supplements that yeah. so it, it you know it's one of those things that i have it out right now but eventually I just pack it away with yeah. the other stuff and, and just keep the minifigures out. i like to put the minifigures in like a, a glass display case like a shadow box cool and have all stuck up on rows and yeah put them on the wall It'd be cool if they had um, the water truck that Paul Rudd called. Out. Yeah, well, that's I, they should have done that. I don't <laughs> right? know what because this one has a big rocks on sticker across yeah. the side of it. So it would have been cool if they had done something. One of those, like that. Or, yeah. or the little uh, beetle that they're yeah. driving around. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As all this excitement kind of barrels forward for Civil War, one of its breakout characters, Black Panther, yes. is getting a lot of news. Oh yeah. So this movie isn't coming out until 2018, mm-hmm. but we're getting casting news and big casting. Big news. time, right? Yeah. yeah, so we got Michael B. Jordan and uh, Lapita Nyong'o, I believe. I, I think that's the best I've ever said it. So. That's amazing. <laughs> I had to throw it to him because I was trying before. He would say it and I would say it and I'd just say it wrong. <laughs> but those are two big oh, actors. Huge. I'm so stoked that Michael B. Jordan's getting another yes. shot at a comic book movie. I can't wait. And uh, the director... Of uh, Creed, yeah. Of, of Creed, yeah. Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be the third time I believe he's worked with Michael B. from yeah. Creed and Fruitville Station. Yeah. I can't wait. I love this. And he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. I'm so stoked. Which is awesome because Simon Kimberg came out saying he wants hopes or has hopes for Fantastic Four 2. And he loves the cast. But this kind of solidifies that bye-bye FF4. Yeah. You know, we got, we've got got Michael B. Yeah. in the Marvel he's Cinematic He's one of Universe. my favorite actors. Right? I love that guy. Since, since Chronicle, yeah. I've been following this guy. And he's, yeah, me he's too. awesome. 
He's yeah. uh, me and my buddy Ahmed. We have this thing going back and forth <laughs> yeah. where we only text back and forth Michael B. Jordan pictures. <laughs> so we're, we try to express ourselves through them. Like, you want to go for a drink? We just send a picture of Michael B. Jordan with a beer, or <laughs> sometimes I love it. Sometimes it'd be like bedtime or nap time. We just picture of Michael B. Jordan, you know, or for at the gym, just yeah. Michael B. Jordan yeah. jacked up. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's so, great. So do you, have, do you have any speculation on who he could be? Villain, good guy? Yeah. Well, I did a little research. So yeah. I, a lot of black. Panther I read has been in the last couple of years. A lot of the Bendis era stuff more integrated into the Avengers. Yeah. And it's just recently reading kind of the Black Panther comic book that I'm kind of getting into the solo series. Right. But he's always been a favorite character of mine, although I have never read, you know, way back or mm-hmm. kind of done any sort of digging in towards his solo comics. Right. But so I did a little research and when we're talking about Michael B. Jordan, I was a little disappointed that it was a villain role that they're yeah. rumored to be because I'm hoping it's not a one and done. Exactly. I'd like to see him continue and develop. He's very similar in age, I think, to Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple characters. There's one called Eric Killmonger. Yes. So he's kind of he's an exiled Wakandan. Yeah. So his father helped Ulysses Claw try to execute some plan within Wakanda to overthrow the king or whatever. Right. And then he was exiled, and he's always kind of pissed off that he was thrown out, even though he didn't do anything. Right. And so he's kind of come back and tried to you know take over Wakanda, dethrone uh, T'Challa. Right. I thought that was a cool concept. That is really cool. Kind of this exiled son sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you could have him as like a like a high ranking family member or whatever. Or, and then he's exiled out. Yeah. And then there's also this this character called White Wolf. Yes, yes. The uh, adopted brother, I think, of some yeah. sort. So, yeah, so yeah, exactly. This yeah. adopted brother. So T'Chaka takes in White Wolf after yeah. his parents died in a plane crash or something mm-hmm, like that. I think so, yeah. And then he becomes jealous yeah. because he wants the throne. And I believe he becomes the head of the Secret Service. And then T'Challa shuts that down. Yeah. And I don't know if they ever come to blows, but when I listen to that or even the Eric Killmonger stuff, you could do a thing where you combine two characters exactly. similar to how they did with Iron Man 2. Whiplash, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you could take like a, an adopted brother that gets mm-hmm. exiled and then comes back. And you have this almost, when I listen to that, I hear like a Thor-Loki relationship. Yes. I think it would be really, really neat to develop something like that where Michael B. Jordan has a bigger presence in the overall arc of the Black Panther. For sure. So something that could last two, three movies, kind of like a Loki. Yes. Where you see him popping up and helping Thor a bit, and then you see him turning on him. I would love that. That sort of develop. That's what I like to see him do with that character. Mm-hmm. And so that we get kind of this prolonged, kind of larger presence of Michael B. Jordan in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Definitely. Yeah, I really like that. What do you think? I like um, American Panther. Okay. American Panther is pretty cool. He's obviously based out of America, but his backstory, from what I remember, basically his, I think his mother killed his dad, or at least is her doing, and then basically he grows up and feels like there's holes in the justice system. So he kind of becomes this hardcore vigilante and uh, takes things a little further than what T'Challa would do. And they basically end up bumping heads. His costume is actually really cool. It's similar to uh, T'Challa's very Marvel Cinematic Universe-like where there's lots of padding. But it has mostly black but some American flag stuff on okay. there. He's a pretty cool dark character. And I think him and T'Challa would go hand-to-hand. Kind of like um, like you mentioned before with the um, Loki yeah. kind of rivalry going on. So I think that would be pretty cool. I think I also had White Wolf as well. And Man Ape sounds yeah. funny, but Man Ape's, um, I guess he's one of his bigger rivals. Yeah. In the comic series. So, uh, yeah, that's that's roughly what I have. Uh, but uh, my biggest thing is they just don't throw his character away. You know, I think Idris Elba is a wicked, wicked talent, and he's kind of a throwaway because he can only do so much in that role. Exactly. That he's as Heimdall, yeah. As. Right, right. So, uh, I really hope they utilize Michael B. Jordan. He's a big, up and coming actor, and he can only serve the universe better, right? So. And his, his age and his presence yes. on film, like, I think, yeah, he could be a great, through this whole 
Black Panther series. Yeah. Even if he doesn't pop up in, say, an Avengers movie or whatever, but he would be a great presence to hold through in that in that movie. Exactly. The same thing with Lupita as well. Oh, huge. So yeah. She, and she's a fantastic actor. Like, Incredible. Oscar yeah. winner, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Who do you think she could be playing? It'd be cool if she could be T'Challa's sister, even, right? Like, that's who take I, my money. <laughs> yeah, that's who yeah. I had pegged her at. Yeah. I, you know, you never want to break down a, a female's role simply to just the love interest. Yeah. I think, again, with a sister role, oh, she could be, you could do a Loki Thor thing there as well. Exactly. And where you have her trying to, because she always wanted to be the queen of Wakanda. Exactly. And she wanted the throne. Right. And recently in the comics, she had a big presence where she actually was the queen of Wakanda. Right, right. And she 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 had, took the mantle of uh, Black Panther. Yeah, she took it and she always yeah. wanted it and she took it because I know T'Chaka through the comics never wanted her really to have it. Right. And then she did take it on. Mm-hmm. And when we had the whole Namor invasions yes. that kind of what tipped the scale into her favor mm-hmm. and then eventually spoilers for anyone that hasn't read the most recent or the hickman run right she eventually does die mm-hmm. at the hands of the of namor's cabal right right so again this is this has this implications that fell into the current black panther comic book mm-hmm. and yeah i agree she would be incredible on that role. Incredible, she's got the physicality yes. the look the chops yeah the exactly chops. oh she'd be incredible so i really hope they do that yeah because yeah. there's some other female characters more love interest but i don't mm-hmm. really want to peg her as just the love interest yeah. Yeah. Natalie Portman to, exactly. to Chris Hemsworth Thor. Exactly. Like, I, I think she has that potential to be so much more than just this damsel in distress. For sure. Have you. For sure. And it's such a shame that we don't have the rights to X-Men A. Because yeah. could you imagine her as a storm? Her and, her and T'Challa. Like, that'd just be incredible, yeah. right? Because that's, so. that's who I know as T'Challa's wife. Exactly. Storm. storm. I have Civil War yeah. uh, story arc too, right? And that so. was right up until... AVX, they still had some yeah. interaction, so that was 2012, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that wasn't too long ago that this whole thing was Storm, and that's when they kind of officially kind of broke it yeah. off, and where they're on opposite sides here, and so that's who I knew as his queen for the longest time. Right, yeah. And, but yeah, I think her sister is the way to go yeah, with Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool, so I'm definitely excited. I'm sure whatever they do, Marvel's pretty good with their casting choices, yeah. so uh, they're in good hands. Exactly, and these are two brilliant ads. Oh yeah, and they're only getting better, yeah. right? Two with a great director and yep. the lead, and the stuff we got in Civil War. Oh my goodness! Like, this has to be moving to a lot of people's top of the list for 2018. I can't wait. And you know, watching um, Creed, Ryan Coogler, he can shoot action. Like the scenes, the boxing scenes is yeah. just incredible. God knows what he can do with T'Challa now in, in this uh, franchise. Right? Yeah, with big money, the <laughs> visual effects. And then the actors they've got in that already. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a three of my favorite actors right now. Right. All yeah. in one movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Just put uh, Michael Fassbender in there and I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. All right, man, so quickly to wrap up, wrap up some of this MCU news. Mm-hmm. Infinity War, we spoke a bit about it. Russo's, they're really pointing at this now. It starts filming in November. Wow. Awesome. So we're going to get stuff coming out of this probably in January or so. We're getting maybe some set photos, mm-hmm. some early looks at things, some costume designs maybe, and then probably a trailer by the time Guardians of the Galaxy 2 rolls around. Yeah, maybe a that, teaser. That line up pretty right, eh? Yeah, pretty so cool. I might, we might be being a little hopeful there Yeah, because they're shooting them back to back. So yeah. it's got to be a year of shooting, mm-hmm. which, so, which means that they have a lot of the story probably in place or getting close to it. Mm-hmm. And they're already talking about, the Russos did say, that they are going to change the names. Yeah. So the Infinity War Part 1, Part 2 is just a placeholder. Yeah. Any okay. thoughts on potential naming? I couldn't really tell you. Um, I really didn't think too much about the different titles. I, I really couldn't say. Marvel's, they're kind of tricky with their titles, yeah. right? Like if you were to tell me that they're going to make Spider-Man called Homecoming, I would have 
we've never seen. I would have thought maybe like Young Avenger or something or another, yeah. right? So their titles are pretty unique. Do uh, you have any ideas? I don't know if they're going to change both because mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War, I like the title. Mm-hmm. Now maybe appropriate for part two. So right. just knocking the part two off. Mm-hmm. And then doing like Avengers Thanos Quest. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Avengers Infinity Gauntlet. Right. So something, or I, like, I don't know because you don't want to do Avengers Infinity War. Or Avengers colon Infinity War colon Thanos Quest. Yeah, it's just too much. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but yeah, it's just too much. It is too much. So I don't know if they're going to do an Infinity Gauntlet. It's really cool title, and I love that because that's one of my favorite stories. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if a lot of people get it. Yeah. What's an Infinity Gauntlet? I really don't get this Infinity War. Even if you don't understand the Infinity part, you get the concept that is a war. Yeah. And something Thanos Quest. If you don't know who Thanos is. And the word quest almost seems a bit more Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sort of. yeah. So I don't really know what they're going to do. Mm. I like Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. Same. But they're trying to make them, I guess, two distinct movies. Right. That they're not kind of what Hunger Games did and yeah. a few others where they Harry just Potter. cut a movie in half. Exactly. So a four-hour movie or four-and-a-half-hour movie, and they just cut it directly in half and said, here's Part 1 this year, here's Part 2 this year, we've made a billion dollars off each. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Part 1's all set up, and then the other one's the, the conclusion, right? Yeah, so. and Hunger Games really suffered from that. They did. They actually lost them because I was a big fan of Part 1, Part 2, and then I saw Part 3, Part 1. Didn't like it at all. It turned me off completely off the franchise. I didn't even watch the last one. Me neither. I was yeah. the last <laughs> one for that exact reason. I was like, it. and I really like the books. Yeah. And I, I read right through them before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I know they're young reader or whatever, but I really enjoyed them. <laughs> and maybe it's my simple mind. But, <laughs> but I, yeah, I still haven't seen the last one. Neither is my wife. And my wife yeah. is a big fan of them really? too. We're just yeah. both so turned off by that movie. Yeah, right? it's, it's a letdown. You have any speculations of uh, costumes? Because, you know, going off of, without really getting into spoilers, going off of Civil War... I have a feeling there's big changes coming for the Avengers. Yeah. Do you see any costume changes, drastic changes for particularly Cap, Iron Man, any any speculation? I don't know. I don't know if they go more the stealth mode for yeah. the Secret Avengers right. team that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And before we get to Infinity War, we're going to have the Ant-Man and Wasp movie, yes. the Black Panther movie. And I'm hoping, you know, maybe in a Black Panther movie we get Winter Soldier showing up. Right. Maybe, maybe. That would be cool, Feige, eh? was, Feige was asked about that recently. Oh, okay. It was, was very cagey about it. Wow. It was kind of seemed like they didn't really know what to do yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, could we see an Iron Man where we have... I would love to see, even if just for a couple of frames, a black Iron Man suit. I was going to say the black and gold? Yeah. Yeah, I really want to see it. Just to change things up, we've seen red and yellow, red and yellow. Yeah. Give us the black and gold be pretty cool. Yeah, I would yeah. love that. Just a nice sleek stealth armor or something. Definitely. Oh, I could definitely. really dig that. That'd be really cool. Or to see Cap even with like the, um, what kind of shield? The digital shield yeah. or whatever. That'd be kind of neat to see and give him like something more kind of reminiscent of his Winter Soldier That's a good suit. point because he doesn't have a shield anymore. Exactly. So where is he going to pop up next and what's he going to have around his arm? Yeah. Is, are they going to have some sort of, just going to say, oh, we have Vibranium Wakanda. We're right. here. So can here we make go. another one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really hope they change it up though. I really want to see the, these introductions of new costumes and new uh, paths for these heroes and where they're going to go. I think yeah. it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And we get to see uh, Captain Marvel too. Oh, yeah. Which I just can't wait. And her costume that they've redone in the in the comics the last two three years, yeah. I think that'd really work in the cinematic universe. What they've oh, got definitely, going. yeah. I think it's right out of it. So. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So we got we're pointing right at those May twenty eighteen, May twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and the teaser that they showed at that when they really. Yeah. When they released the full slate, is still my favorite teaser of all time for so a Marvel good. movie. Yeah, and it, even though it's shaky cam, there's yeah. a guy's head there. <laughs> but I feel like every time I watch it, I'm in the crowd. Right. If you have an opportunity, just Google Infinity War teaser, mm-hmm. and it was Marvel compiled the teaser that hooked me for Infinity War like. 
two years ago. Yeah, I still go one. back and watch it. Nice. Even though on the Age of Ultron Blu-ray, they have basically that. It's called the Infinite Six. Right. It's basically the same kind of teaser. They've tweaked it a bit, and they have much more description about what the Infinity Stones are. But I still go back to that one with the dude's head in the way yeah. because I feel like I'm in the crowd and everyone nice. cheers and everyone goes bonkers. <laughs> just insane. Crazy. When you get around to the, the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos closes it oh. and then it just goes boom, Infinity War or Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And it goes part one, part two, and people just go insane. Like oh I get goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. It's some stupid cam. Like it's not <laughs> like, ah, oh, just, just the atmosphere. Mind blowing, yeah. right? Yeah. So another character that was quite prevalent in civil war is black widow yes there's been a lot of talk recently of why hasn't black widow got her solo movie yeah and feige basically committed to doing it wow out loud in a whether it was one of these interviews i'm not sure exactly where it came from Mm -hmm. the internet somewhere (laughs) (laughs) would you be would you be supportive of a black widow movie um you know i don't i kind of sell it i don't really care for it i mean i really like black widow i love what they've been doing with her she's gotten better since iron man 2 yeah She's awesome. Even Iron Man 2, she was okay, but um, was it Winter Soldier? She's incredible. And in this movie, she was great. But I think if they were going back to their one-shots, you could even tie up her origin in one of those one-shot kind of things. Mm -hmm. And I think she's stronger, her and Hawkeye, even more so her, when she's featured with other characters as opposed to a standalone. Like, I don't even really care to see a standalone Hulk or standalone Hawkeye or Black Widow because there's so many rich characters in this universe that we can explore to give Mm -hmm. up a movie on... Black Widow, we've already seen, what, three, four, yeah. five movies of her already? I, I think it's kind of a throwaway. I completely yeah. agree. I'd like to see her have her own movie, mm-hmm. but I'm really into this concept of duo movies or trio movies where it's her movie, say. Yeah. It's you know progressing her character, maybe revisiting her origins, but at the same time doing Hawkeye's or Winter Soldier's That's or cool. something like yeah. that, mm-hmm. where you're developing two characters, you're telling two basically an origin story as well as shoving these people through the overall cinematic arc Mm-hmm. As we go, and then even you know building on something else, building as part of the Secret Avengers or what have you, mm-hmm. and kind of building into that idea instead of going back and being like, let's revisit the Red Room, let's revisit yeah. the torture scene, let's revisit the guy with a bag on the head. Yeah, we don't need any of that stuff. That's you can right. you can flash back to some of that, mm-hmm. and some of that's explored in the Agent Carter series okay, yeah. as far as the Red Room, and there's some inference in Civil War about her her knowing. Winter Soldier, Bucky before. Cool. Yeah. And so something like that I could see would work really well. Yeah. But I don't think Marlowe can get away with established characters in their own solo outings anymore. No. It doesn't look like they're going that way. No. You know, we're we're away from the Iron Man three type thing. So yeah. Thor's gonna have Hulk in it, Civil War or Cap movie with Civil War. Mm-hmm. And then going forward, I'm sure we're gonna have some inclusion in the Black Panther movies. And maybe these new characters, you can get away with doing solo outs like Doctor Strange. I'm sure, sure there's not going to be really any inference towards the larger MCU. For sure. Until maybe you get towards the end. Yeah. But again, these established characters, I think, are, will work better as supplements to other movies or in their own movie with other characters joining them. So exactly. Black Widow Hawkeye thing I'd be really into. Yeah. Just maybe a more of an espionage movie. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, even, even Spider-Man's going to have a little bit of Iron Man in there. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's clearly carry the movie by himself but why not throw in Robert Downey Jr. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> great presence great yeah, presence definitely so lastly with the MCU smallest corner of the MCU mm-hmm. Agent Carter was cancelled yeah so now yeah. it holds the distinction of the first live action Marvel show to be cancelled yeah and it's um, a bit unfortunate yeah you know I never never watched the show but I, I did hear from the first place I think it was only meant to be like a 10-12 yeah. series in the first place so I'm not uh, I won't won't really miss it, but then again, I guess I never watched it. But at the same time, you know, there's so much storytelling you can tell from the moments of her show to Civil War. There's mm-hmm. so much storytelling. So 
was it? There's rumors that they could bring it to a Netflix series or yeah, something. Yeah, so I guess there's so. a fan petition out there to get to yeah. Netflix series. I'd like to see them jump into the 70s around the Ant Man era. Switch it up a little so bit. The That'd Hank Pym cool. era, kind of jump. Because you're wearing out of bit. I only watched the first season and half of the second season. I haven't quite finished it yet. Mm-hmm. And the first season is much stronger. Yeah. And I really like the character and the character of Edward Jarvis in there. Yeah. And Howard Stark pops in and out. And it's really good at progressing some of those storylines. But I felt like if they had now jumped 20 years in the future mm-hmm. and have her in an established shield and kind of run with that yeah. and maybe get like John Slattery to show up as old yeah. or something like that or Hank Pym, maybe get Michael Douglas yeah. with just the face smash and right. Michael Douglas. <laughs> I don't know. That's not really that, that likely, but I think it'd be cool to do a different era. I like that, actually. That's a really good idea. Something like X-Men's yeah. doing is like each season is another 10 years in the future yeah. until eventually you run into... The Avengers when Steve Rogers comes back. Yeah, I like that. Like she's quite a bit older, right? Yeah. And so it's to change it up because I think being a period piece, I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And I really like that era, but that character, I just felt a bit worn out. We're still fighting Hydra. We're still doing this. Let's move on to something else. Let's move on to Cold War Russia. Mm -hmm. And maybe that develops through the second season. Right. Um, I think like maybe not even half I've watched. I don't oh, know. so you haven't wrapped up this season? No, yet. Oh, no. Okay. And I know there's more stuff about the Red Room and that sort of concept, mm-hmm. which relates into Winter Soldier and Black Widow. So yeah. I'm not heartbroken that's gone. Yeah. And I, she's a fan favorite. Yeah. And she's a great presence in the film. But like going forward in the movies, she's not really going to have anything to do anymore. Like right. she's dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can't do any more with that character. Like as finishing off the Cap series, it's probably the last time we'll see her in the cinematic universe. Definitely. Maybe she'll get name dropped when we're talking about Sharon Carter mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But. I don't think we're going to see much of her. And so it's kind of a shame that that character is going away. Yeah. But again, I would not be surprised if with enough fan influence and push mm-hmm. that they end up with a 10-episode Netflix series. Yeah. And trying something different with a bigger budget, maybe short it to seven episodes. Yeah. And take a larger budget and just go with it. So. You can kind of do more with the Netflix series too, right? With what yeah. we got going on with the Daredevil stuff too. So exactly. That'd be pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. So it's so time for our weekly segment that we like to call Star Wars News. Yes, always. <laughs> so big casting, Han Huge. Solo, young Han Solo. They did it, yeah. finally. They pulled the trigger. So I guess they looked at over 2,000 applicants. Wow. Which is insane Like yeah. when you think about that. Holy smokes. And they had it narrowed down to a few actors and they selected this guy called Alden can't say his last name. <laughs> look it up on the internet. Yeah. We're going to call him Alden from yeah, now on. Alden. <laughs> Alden from All Hail Caesar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked this guy up. When they announced it, and we had some back and forth on Twitter and that with us and a couple of the other guys. Yeah. And none of us knew who he was. No. I looked at his IMDb page. Yeah. Never seen any of his movies. Nope. And there's a couple in there maybe I should have seen. Yeah. Maybe I've heard good things about Hail Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he's a stand up in that yeah. movie. Yeah. And when I look at him, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't really have to look. No. Not at all. And I know you're hoping for uh, Taron Edgerton, yeah, from Kingsman. So, yeah, I think he had the acting chops. I think he had the youth. I think he had the swagger. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would have been pretty cool. But um, no, I've been I've been looking more and more at this. This uh, shoot, what's his name again? Sorry, we're gonna call him Alden. Alden. <laughs> I've been looking more at some of his photos, and like sometimes I kind of see it. I mean, it should be based on his full appearance, but at the same time, Harrison Ford, he's a he's a huge thing to follow, right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you know, but hey, he he must have killed it in the audition, right? He must have showed them something that we don't know about. Ex- so. Yeah, he might, like, if they interviewed or in an audition you know, that many yeah. people, yeah. then I guess, and boil on to one guy, and it's not like they're just like, we're going to take that guy because he has star power. Yeah. So they've taken someone that isn't like, we're just going to cast Tom Cruise and in, Utham in or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That makes no sense, but <laughs> you kind of get my point in the yeah. sense that they're not just taking star power. Yeah. They're going to the guy with 
as a, a good actor. And that's the same thing they did in The Force Awakens, right? Mm-hmm. John Boyega, yeah. Daisy Ridley, yeah, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Like, they took solid actors yes. and put them into a Star Wars movie. They didn't rely on star power to bring people in. Yeah. And with the Star Wars name, you don't need to do that. No, no, With the Han the Solo name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a, a bit older than I thought he was going yeah. to be. Because there's rumors and talks that, you know, is he going to appear in Rogue One? Rogue One? Yeah. But you're so close to, to, to New Hope yeah. that he needs to be basically Harrison Ford. Exactly. But, which kind of confuses me, right? Uh, with, with the age there. If they do put him in Rogue One. I don't think they can because no. it would be too weird. It's like Rogue One, yeah, it's a prequel to A New Hope. Yeah. But then Han Solo looks completely different. Exactly. I don't know what you can do. I think you have to go back further. You have to go somewhere in between yeah. like the, the fall of the Republic and Rogue One. But kind of in the middle. They more. should. Like, you know, I want them to give us the story of like you know the life debt that Chewie owes him, or yeah. or how he got the uh, Millennium Falcon, right? That's the way that, to go. That's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. and it's more more depth with Jabba Hutt yes. or Boba Fett. You know, expand on those relationships mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to tie into Rogue One or whatever they want to do. I don't think that's the way to go. I'm not too certain that they're actually going to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I think people are smart enough to be like, this doesn't make sense. This these, doesn't match these up. These movies literally end on one on top of the other <laughs> yeah. and one starts. Yeah. And now we have, it's just too confusing. It, it is too confusing. Do you think, because uh, you know, you're a big Legends guy, you know, wasn't Han's uh, backstory before that he came from the Stormtroopers, like the Imperial? Wasn't he like an ex-Stormtrooper of some sort or something or another? To be honest with you, I do not know. Yeah. Not like they'd have uh, to stick to that anyways, because they no. can do whatever they want now with the character. Right? But he could, it, he could, because he comes from Corellia, I believe. Okay. And he could be maybe enrolled in the academy for a while. Right. They could develop something like that. Yeah. Where he's an officer or something. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't. I've never really read a lot of backstories on Han Solo mm-hmm. in particular. It's I've usually mostly gone in the Legends reading beyond Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So I don't know if they've explored it somewhere else. They probably have, and right. whatever you've heard, I'm sure it's it's probably yeah. correct. But yeah. Yeah, it'd be, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. I can't say I'm super excited about the cast because I don't know the guy. That's just it. But maybe that's the best. I'd, I'd only ever seen John Boyega in Attack the Block, and he's yeah. awesome in that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I'd never, no one had ever seen Daisy Ridley in anything. No, she, I think she's more of like a stage kind yeah, of Yeah, it's like, and she didn't have any, like, she had never, this, we go to her MDP page, Star Wars The Force Awakens, it's her first credit, the biggest <laughs> movie of all time, or one of the biggest <laughs> movies of all time. Right? Yeah, um, so, uh, yeah, you know, because with this whole uh, spiel about Han Solo casting, there's always this young Han Solo, they're going after a young Han Solo, mm-hmm. so doing so, then go for a young Han Solo, Yeah. right? So, um, that'll be interesting, but you know what, going off of this, and going off of what our Twitter, you, me, and uh, Izzy, the, the, the whole crew, we saw this cool image of a young uh, Mark Hamill next oh. beside a Sebastian Stan. Now that, to me, screams like, you know, give me a Star Wars story featuring Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker set right after, like, Return of the Jedi or something, or after Shattered Empire. Uh, I would totally buy that. That was nuts. Oh, that's incredible. I looked at that for a good five minutes. Yeah. And just being like, I can't tell if this has been heavily photoshopped. Like, of course, they photoshop on Luke's hair. The hair, yeah. But, like, it was uncanny. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he looked like Mark Hamill more than Mark Hamill looks like <laughs> he <Hamill>. did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. I yeah. couldn't believe that. That, that was be, awesome. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I would totally buy that if they uh, cast Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan, young Luke, at the end of Rogue One. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Sebastian Stan, two of the biggest franchises of all time. <laughs> yeah. So, Pretty sweet. Yeah, it's good. And building on the Han Solo 
So we're getting a comic, a solo comic. So yeah. Marvel's pumping out a Han Solo number one. I believe it is at the end of June. End we're going to get that. We'll be picking that up and checking it out. So it's, again, set in the same time frame. Uh, end of New Hope into Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay, cool. So a solo, solo Han Yes. Story. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So it's, again, it's exploring kind of just his, his forward story, I guess, a bit more. How he's changed since the events of the Battle of Yavin. Cool. And kind of going just kind of the swindler, smuggler him and Chewie kind of duo story. So I think it'd be pretty fun. Well, let touch upon, because uh, you know, you've been reading the Star Wars comics. He has like some kind of wife of some sort. Yeah, I well, don't know. I wonder if, if they'll get... talk about her even in the movies now with his standalone. Yeah, if it goes that, that far back. That was a big revelation in yeah. the comics that he had been married to this, and it was kind of like a fake marriage yeah. or whatever, but this whole, this woman, and it was quite funny watching her, her Leia struggle over all that. Yeah. It's actually quite, quite, quite a lot of fun in the comic books. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to explore that. And because that's all canon, right? Yeah. And Lucasfilm is controlling that, so they're aware of this character. Yeah. So they may explore it a bit more, or that exact story as to why. Yeah, interesting. So stepping into the X-Universe. Yeah. We had a little bit of indication as far as X-Men Apocalypse and mm-hmm. how it's doing. Yeah. It's taking a bit of a beating. It really is. <laughs> it really is. 43% I last looked at on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm going to have to stop looking at Ron Tomatoes. Because, you know, as we expressed in the past in the podcast here, we're not overly, well, myself and Troy, are not overly excited about this movie. Yeah. It seems like just another entry of a movie we've already seen. Mm -hmm. It really does. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. For me personally, the Wolverine scene got me in the theaters opening day. Yeah. As opposed to opening weekend. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, I, I don't know. It's, I'm not surprised. But I'm a, again, I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic and go into it and hoping that I'm going to enjoy this next entry in the X franchise. Mm-hmm. Because beyond that, we got Wolverine 3. Yes. Which is Hugh Jackman's last outing. Mm-hmm. One more time. They've got the middle claw with the yeah. one on Twitter. Oh, yeah. One last time, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah. And they're taking this one to the extreme. Yep. So they're going rated R. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Stewart's well, been cast. Is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's coming back for this one. Yeah. Exactly. So there's talk of this being a much more violent, yeah. much more brutal, and kind of having a Western feel to it, yeah. set potentially in the future. Yeah. What old Man Logan. Like? Yeah, it sounds a little Old Man Logan-ish yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. How his story will progress in the new timeline, mm-hmm. post-Days of Future Past, and he does come out of it seemingly to have this the same revelation they had in the older movies when he did wake up back in the new timeline, yeah. that he was kind of this good guy Logan. Mm-hmm. But in X-Men Apocalypse, I don't know if he's going to be like Berserker Logan. Oh, yeah. Or what's going to go on there. And then when we're going to get beyond that oh, okay. into kind of, again, Berserker Logan in an old man Logan story. Right. Because those movies are violent enough. Let's yeah. say the Wolverine. Yeah. And there's a lot of killing in there and no blood in that. Yeah. So taking it to the next level, mm-hmm. is it going to be more just swearing or is it going to be more blood gore and Wolverine just kicking ass, do you think? I think it's going to be more blood gore, but I, I kind of I don't really care for their, uh, their rated R title because fans have been asking for this forever mm. and they, they've yet to do it. And then now that the success of Deadpool, obviously, they're writing off of that. They're piggybacking off the success of Deadpool. So they're going to be like, okay, well, you know, let's give them the R rating. Um, I think this gives us a good story. Just exactly. give us a good movie, which is easier said than done because everybody sets out to make a good movie and whether it does, it doesn't. So um, I hope they really think things through. It's the last one. I know every time Hugh Jackman puts in 100%, mm-hmm. he's always give, trying to give you the best Wolverine. It's just up to the the crew, the team, the studio to to deliver. Yeah, and I think yeah. he seems to be very invested in this. This being his last outing, mm-hmm. I imagine he's got a lot of influence. I wouldn't be surprised if he's producing it. Yeah, he has little control over the story. 
and the direction of the character. Yeah. And Deadpool, I think, really worked rated R because of the humor. Yeah. If you have a very... Take the Wolverine. If you make that rated R yeah. and add in a lot of blood, a lot of gore, is that going to make it a better movie? Well, not necessarily because they released the director's cut. Yeah. And it was it was cool. There's little things they threw in there from the trailer that we never saw in the original movie. But it didn't make it that much better. You know, that movie was actually pretty solid except for the last 20 minutes. I agree. You yeah. know, it, it just fell through with uh, Silver Samurai. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the Wolverine I'd really like to see is more of like the kind of conservative one. The one from Old Man Logan where he's kind of retired the Wolverine and he doesn't want to use violence anymore. Yeah. Until Hawkeye and him go on this journey where, you know, he brings out the real Wolverine and he, mm-hmm. he's forced to, you know, kill, kill, kill. So, I'd like to see him kind of hold back and give us a mature Wolverine that doesn't yeah. want to fight and then stuff hits the fan and he's obviously back yeah. to he's gotta ass. do that because the Wolverine that developed over all these movies is a much more rational yeah. Wolverine than we've seen in the comic books mm-hmm. and to jump to this berserker Wolverine yeah. without any real reason yeah. and maybe they will give us a good reason like you said it's about the story give us a good story yeah. and if berserker Wolverine fits in there yeah by so, all means, go for it. Definitely. Go definitely. for it. <laughs> we'll see, though. When is that meant to be? Uh, that you know? drops out March 3rd, 2017. Oh, okay. So that's next year. So it's filming right now. Yeah. Um, so, again, we'll probably see a trailer sometime towards Christmas or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I really love that character. I love Hugh Jackman. Absolutely. I'm upset. I'm sad that he's not going to be continuing yeah. on. And because he's again like another presence, like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, very similar. They're so invested. And again, Chris Evans with with yeah, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, it's these guys are so entrenched and attached to this character. Yeah. They don't want to give it up. I'm really surprised. Now he's a 40 plus year old man who needs to work out for six months, two times a day, six days a week, and only <laughs> chicken in that crap, right? Yeah. So I would love to do that. Oh yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd get tired of it after a while. Absolutely. And just keeping that physique has got to be damn oh, impossible. You can't yeah. enjoy anything. Like just, you can't enjoy beer, nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though Wolverine advertises like he does drink yeah. nothing but beer. You know, I really hope to going off of uh, like kind of the end credits, I believe, of uh, X Men or just Wolverine, the Wolverine. We saw the costume. Yes. I would really like to see the costume. He, he doesn't have to have the mask, but just the costume would be kind of cool with the mask kind of like hanging out the back like a hood. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I think this is the time to do it. It is. It's his last outing. Let's get him in his costume for the last exactly. outing. He's yeah. never been in the proper Wolverine no. costume. Let's see <laughs> Let's it. Let's see it, right? It's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So swinging over to DC. Mm-hmm. A little bit of news. I oh. promised I wasn't going to talk about Batman v Superman. <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. We're going to talk a bit about Justice League. So there's rumors going around about the villain for Justice League Part 1. Yes. Stephen Wolf. Yes, yes. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, it rings a little bit of bells. Um, going back, you know, we talk about this every now and then with um, Genesis, the planet Genesis, which is the home of the new gods. So you have Oran, who is like the good guy, who's the son of Darkseid or Darkseed, whichever one you want to use. St- Steppenwolf is the brother of Darkseid, basically. Uh, okay. There was that little thing they released about a week after uh, BVS where we got to see that a longer extended version of Lex Luthor's scene in that alien ship. And there's some kind of weird statue, I believe. If you if you put the comic Stephen Wolf next to that guy, you can kind of see the resemblance. Okay. Except it's a little more demon-like. Stephen Wolf is kind of human-looking with like this crazy Conan barbarian-looking kind of head attire going on. But this one looks like it's going more demon-like. So yeah. is he the villain to bring the Justice League together? Do you think is is no. he enough of a threat? <laughs> like, or is this something that Superman can go and punch in the face? I know he's dead. But... Yeah. <laughs> I did the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of silly. I think it's you know what I, I feel like it's kind of like they're twiddling their thumbs again. So they were invested in giving us dark side. We saw the whole Omega symbol, and now they're kind of like, oh, maybe we should treat this character more like Thanos, even though Thanos was 
written off yeah. of Dark Side. But now it's kind of like they're trying to hold on to this character and give us something else instead, like a villain of the week until we get to Dark Side. Mm. I, I don't so really it's like, like what the preamble doing. to Dark Side. Like yeah. oh, I'm, I'm here to take the world, and then oh, my brother is injured. Exactly. Sort of yeah. So I don't really, I don't really like that idea so much. Yeah. How about uh, you? Uh, well, not knowing the character yeah. so much, <laughs> I am a bit hesitant. Like now that you say that he's not really a formative villain yeah. for the Justice League mm-hmm. themselves. We need something big. Yeah. Like we had the Chitauri invasion of the Avengers yeah. that brought them together. Mm-hmm. Really is the death of Coulson and Loki, right? Yeah. And we need something that scale. Yeah. And because we're talking even more powerful metahumans or whatever they're called, yeah. compared to even the Avengers where you had kind of super soldier, two spies, mm-hmm. yeah, you had the Hulk and Thor. But this we're talking about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman... And so now you're looking at, again, a next level villain to mm-hmm. bring those people together. Because I yeah. feel like Doomsday might have even been a bigger threat than this. I don't know yeah. the characters yeah. at all. Right. But this kind of crazy beast that's out there just to kill, maim, and yeah. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, that worries me a bit that you need something big to bring them together. Yeah. And if it's not this character, don't just bring in Darkseid. Yeah. And bring exactly. someone after. Exactly. Or his army after. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You need cannon fodder for them to punch right mm-hmm. you need an ultron bot you need a chitauri soldier yeah. and just well, those parademon things or whatever that were in the yeah exactly bring those in with dark side and have them sitting up with maybe lieutenant i don't know yeah it's silly like even you know going back to like the teen titans they have bigger enemies than this guy mm-hmm. like uh trigon who's the dad of raven or revan that guy would be pretty cool six-eyed big demon you know he'd be pretty cool he'd be interesting but I feel like the Stefan Wolf is just like first of all he's not very well known Mm-mm. even amongst the comic audience let alone to the general audience right so I think it's kind of silly what they're doing Brainiac would be cool but Brainiac is more of the Superman villain yeah. but still a Justice League threat so yeah so now the DC fans have are hate me now for this episode <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a big fan of the Flash Arrow oh, kind of yeah. TV universe absolutely so it looks like Supergirl yeah I almost said Wonder Woman <laughs> they almost came out of my <laughs> Supergirl is moving to CW yeah yeah and so do you think they're going to try to integrate those universes well definitely because they did a little uh, crossover episode me okay. and Baird were talking about this delayed offside we're talking about that episode um, yeah you know CBS and CW they're like sister companies anyways yeah. but the thing is with CBS now or with Supergirl now going from CBS to CW it kind of worries me in a little way because it's a lower budget right it's going to yeah. be shot in Vancouver. I think there's a lot of special effects they used over at CBS. Okay. Whereas now we're going to see that probably cut in half. Um, you're probably even going to see maybe even cast members leave, right? Because they can't afford that budget. So it, it'll be interesting, but it, it's cool. Like, I like this whole universe of we have Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and now Supergirl. Mm-hmm. It'll just be interesting to see how they put her in their universe because in Flash, she's in another universe. But yeah, I was going to ask can, that. Yeah, I heard yeah, that. Yeah, so Flash can go from dimension to dimension, universe to universe. But now they're going to have to kind of figure out a way how to make it so she lives on the same Earth with them. But the other thing that worries me too is by doing so, how do you explain having this guy like Superman sitting there the whole time mm-hmm. while you have Flash and Arrow dealing with these nuclear threats going off of Arrow uh, Wednesday's episode? You know, so you, are you, they maybe have to bring her into the universe because you want to integrate it. I'm assuming. So yes, I'm guessing because I went to CBS, the CW or whomever was designing that universe didn't have much faith in the product. Yeah, and so they're like, ah, we don't really want this part of our universe, nice cohesive thing we got going on, very popular. Yeah, and now with Legend of Tomorrow also getting renewed for a second season. Yes, so you're building that universe, 
And something that DC has done very, very well, much better than Marvel, yeah. is building this TV universe. They really have, yeah. And so now bringing her over, that's a good point, is mm-hmm. do you bring her out of her universe and stick her in? And now right. you lose kind of all the characters that were in that show? Yeah. Or do you bring all... I, you maybe have to contrive some weird thing, get melding of the universes. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It'll be interesting to see. So I really don't know. I haven't really watched the show. I heard good things. I like the fact that they have Mar- uh, Martian the Manhunter on there, which is yeah. something that the movie universe could take notes on. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And DC continues to pump out different TV shows. So, yeah. I guess Krypton got a pilot order. Yeah. And so, I guess that's going to be a couple of hundred years before. Or... It takes place in Man of Steel, like the movie universe? I don't or... think so. Oh, okay. But I... Like, I want to say it's kind of like a Smallville-esque, but on uh, Krypton, I have no idea. Cool, cool. <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to be focusing around his grandfather or... Right. Or whomever his father. Right. And... Kal-El or Jor-El. Jor-El, yeah. I yeah. was thinking Kal-El, but yeah. I was like, someone's going to kill me if I say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jor-El. <laughs> Seems to me like an expensive ep- or TV show. Yeah. Big sets. You've kind of established like a very high-end CG mm-hmm. sort of TV show. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That'll be cool. Yeah, you know, I'd really like it because we're in a world of superhero TV shows and movies. I'd really like it if uh, Krypton went the very hardcore um, sci-fi route. You know, make it like an exploration kind of show where you can have these guys um, exploring other planets and kind of checking out like, oh, here's Earth, you know what I mean? You could maybe even get um, some Green Lantern guys going in there too with crossing paths. So I like that. Almost like a Star Trek Serenity sort of TV show where they're more exploring as opposed to just being on Krypton. Exactly. Fighting bad guys. Yeah. So they're always talking about those outposts and how they spread across the galaxy and, and colonize different planets in different areas. That would be cool. That'd be kind of I cool. would check that yeah, out. Yeah, so that's something that would catch my interest. And It'll just be interesting to see if this ties in with the... It's sci-fi, actually, you said, right? That, yeah, I think it's network. sci-fi. That's, okay. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that'd be kind of neat. That's a good point. I never yeah. really thought about that. That's a good direction to go. boy. <laughs> <laughs> so last little bit of news here. And this is one of the things I cannot remember if we talked about on other podcasts or not. <laughs> but I don't think so. Just working out the dates and that is free comic book day. Yeah. So we were done at Alpha Comics. Yes. This guy put on a show. Yeah, good job. Yeah, good job. The first 40 plus people, 45 people in line got these nice little grab bags mm. that are full of comics. That's awesome. And some really good comics. There's an amazing Spider-Man cosplay. Nice. Uh, the cover that I got. And yeah. there's Howard the Duck number one, Deadpool cool. number one. These are like great books. That's awesome. And so each person got like four or five books and they had different prizes and the atmosphere was great everyone's so in there cool. talking comics and yeah they had a table out that had a bunch of our long boxes you could flip through yeah. while you're waiting in line to get in because they're only letting a certain amount of people yeah so yeah bravo alpha comics out there in, in uh, calgary yeah good job good job it's, it's a cool way to keep that uh calgary expo energy going yes. for another weekend right is it's awesome some cool pickups you know we got the uh, civil war yeah um what else was there the cap and the cap and yeah. and the dead no more yeah cross or not crossover but split kind of a comic in there so that was really really cool it's and nice to see them doing good stories like they're not throwaway stories yeah they're very small portions of a much larger story the thanos i love seeing thanos back in the civil so war too cool. yeah he's my favorite villain yeah and it was a great little story and i highly recommend if you can get your hands on it go check it out i'm sure they have some leftovers again if you go in there for free comic day Troy and i bought this make sure you buy something while you're in there yeah that's to bring people into the store and this is for next year and that is yeah just support these guys a bit because like i said they pay for these and they give them to you and get done at alpha comics is giving away more comics oh, yeah. and they put a lot of work into these events yeah Holy they got smokes. like security guys out and they yeah. got extra cashiers yeah and they had deals on for funko pops and trades oh, yeah. and all that and you get that at most of your local comic book shops but yeah i'd have to give good praise to alpha yeah yeah i know that's awesome is it it's a fun experience and yeah, that, that Civil War comic, man, is really cool to see that action 
kind of going off a little rant, uh, tangent here, but you know, the War Machine and um, Captain Marvel yeah. sequence. That was really cool. I yeah. really enjoyed that in that book. So yeah, great and that stuff. That plays on stuff from there was a cap, the Captain Marvel series prior to Secret Wars deals a little bit with their whole love interest. In oh, Lana. okay. Because yeah. I really like that part and then T'Challa's kind of turned around yeah. and just like, oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. And that's yeah. always one of my favorite weeks of the year because you get Free Comic yep. Book Day on the first Saturday in May. Yeah. You get Star Wars Day usually in there somewhere. So cool. And you also, and from now on for the foreseeable future, you get a Marvel Cinematic movie in there. Right. So all in one week. Yeah. May is awesome. So, yeah, it's that first week of May is incredible. It's heavy on the wallet. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was down, well, not I, my wife was down at the Disney store and I talked before about what I was looking at and she came home with a whole whack of stuff. Oh, man. So I just get my hands on the prototype Boba Fett. So cool. Yeah, really nice. Sculpt's awesome. It's the same sculpt as the Boba Fett, mm-hmm. but it's all painted white. And even though they've reused the whole thing, I really like it. I think it's a cool little piece. Absolutely. I was thinking they're going to be quite limited. My mm-hmm. wife said that 80 per store. Jeez. And so the one that she went out sold out in two days. Mm-hmm. And I was over at another Disney store up in the northwest of Calgary here. And they sold a whole bunch left, like wow. 20 left. Yeah, I saw that. So I'm assuming they're going to be still pretty easy to get your hands on. So if you haven't got one and you're not near a Disney store or whatever, ask a friend or ask someone to go grab you one. Because mm-hmm. do not pay hundred bucks. We went online after for a couple of other things. So this is this lithograph set. Mm-hmm. It was a limited edition ten thousand. And wow. so it's just pictures from the Force Awakens. It's nothing spectacular, mm-hmm. but it's kinda of cool to have and it's like a limited edition. And that and the prototype were going for two hundred bucks each on Star Wars Day. On May fourth. So wow. be again it's scalpers coming in, grabbing what they can and going straight to eBay for those people <sighs> that don't have access to a Disney store or access to or don't want to pay particularly here in Canada don't want to pay the American exchange and all that so there is places and there are ways to get your Elite Series or your Lithograph Set or whatever without paying scalpers so again and I know I've said like a hundred times play the cooler Mm -hmm. do not pay scalpers because it's just drives the market that way (laughs) yeah yeah, that's that's bogus. Yeah, Holy so let's go on. There's this other nice little stormtrooper helmet with some Boba Fett paintings mm-hmm. on it. That's pretty cool that I got here. And I didn't know that was even coming out. My wife showed back up at home. It's like I got all this stuff. Yeah. I didn't know you can take it back if you don't want. I was like, no, I want all yeah, of it. Yeah, that's so cool. Nice. <laughs> that was really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. So yeah, May. What a hell of a month, eh? Awesome. Best like already. I feel like I feel like May's been going on for two months now. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. all this stuff and so many announcements and and May is the kickoff. To the summer blockbuster exactly, season. Exactly. And traditionally, this has always been the kickoff. Mm-hmm. Ever since, realistically, Jaws in 1975 wow, going that far was back. the first. I think that was June, but this was the first blockbuster. Mm-hmm. That defined the term and initiated this whole new genre of yeah. effects-driven big movies in the summer. And it was followed up two years later by Star Wars. Wow. Which, again, solidified this, this concept, this idea of the summer blockbuster. Yeah. And Spielberg and Lucas, two of the biggest proponents of bringing this to us, this idea. And these movies are, to a large part, kind of these massive effects-driven movies, you know, that wooed audiences kind of right out the gates. Yeah. And they created this new genre. Yeah. And it's something that still exists today and something that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. You know, it's brought us movies like Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Mm -hmm. Independence Day. And more recently, almost the entirety of the comic book site is set in the summertime, That's right. particularly the big ones. Mm-hmm. We always get the kickoff with the Marvel one in the, in the, at the start of the year. Yep. And in recent years, we've seen this whole blockbuster concept shift to more of a year-round thing. Mm-hmm. You know, winter or December's become a big 
portion of you have the three biggest movies of all time sitting there the avatar titanic and force awakens and so for star wars itself was traditionally a may release and now that's shifted back to december because they're killing it there yeah we've seen deadpool released in february at a massive hall it's the third or fourth biggest movie of 2016 already Mm -hmm. so that's that's huge but for me the summer blockbuster going back to my youth yeah it's always been something that i eagerly anticipated nice we didn't have the availability of trailers that we do right now yeah. like with the internet and that youtube all i ever got was you go to the movie theater and you'd be like oh my god there's another jurassic park movie coming out right i had no idea and then leading into that you get so you get some of the movie trailers yeah. you get whatever you got on the vhs tape mm-hmm. so sometimes i'd spend hours rewinding and yeah. rewatching trailers so cool. and this is gonna be my first look at whatever <laughs> a youtube would eventually turn into yeah. rewatching trailers 10 20 30 times and then sometimes you get the odd TV spot if you just so happen to be watching the right TV show at the, the right, right time. time. Yeah. And you get this flash. And I wasn't covering my eyes and, and plugging my ears trying to right. avoid it. I'm like trying to chew all this up. Oh, yeah. And it was something that I always, always loved, this mm-hmm. whole idea. Because it was something that I knew was going to happen. There's going to be a big movie. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. It's going to be something. And I take a lot of comfort in you know just watching the White House blow up one year <laughs> and watching a dinosaur eat a man off a toilet the next year, you know, or kind of in reverse there, but it doesn't matter. It, it's it's I always love this idea of in the summertime you're hot, you can escape to a movie theater, mm-hmm. AC, yeah. sit back and just disconnect oh, yeah. for a couple hours. Always love that idea. So cool. Right from when I was young, right through till now, I mm-hmm. love a good summertime movie on a really hot day. Definitely. You know, I was really too young to experience Indiana Jones, E.T., Jaws, even Star Wars right, yeah. as these, these first kind of preambles, these these genre setting or genre developing movies yeah. as far as summer blockbusters. And I right now I find myself kind of still chasing that nostalgia yeah. and projecting what I think people felt like when they were watching these movies. Because yeah. these are some of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's classics. And I'm chasing that sense of kind of childhood wonder. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, what are some of your favorite summer blockbusters that mm. you remember as a kid that you kind of go back and revisit sometimes to get that sense, to get that summer blockbuster feel, that effects-driven movie? Yeah. Some of them uh, that I can jot down here, let's see, uh, Spider-Man 2. Yes. Spider-Man 2 in theaters, man, that was that was huge. You know, we're, we're getting like, um, a first time we've seen a really cool fight scene between Dr. Octopus and Spider-Man. He's wall-crawling, he's webbing all over the place. That was really cool. So big ups to uh, Sam Raimi for that experience. That was so cool. Um, another one that I really liked. This was a little different. Uh, was a Goofy movie. Yeah. <laughs> Going on, yeah, I was pretty young then. You know, <laughs> Goofy movie was was a really cool animated experience. That was the first time when I actually looked at an animated movie and I could literally tell the difference between the animation between the movie and a TV series animation because there's also the goof troop going on back yeah. then too. But seeing the animation, <laughs> seeing the animation uh, production on. Um, a goofy movie was just incredible, and it's all dealing about summertime. How they can't wait for the summer, so you know it's so cool seeing that movie when you just want to get off school yourself and you're experiencing this high school kid trying to get out of um, school. So that was really cool. And what was my other one that I really, really enjoyed? Oh, Star Wars Episode Three. Yeah. Oh man, two thousand five or five? Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah. Two thousand five. I saw that at Eau Claire Market. Um, it's pretty much sold out everywhere else. I got in there, saw it with a good bunch of my buddies, and. I got that thing on my DVD, actually VHS even, and I watched it like I think eleven times that week. I destroyed <laughs> that movie. Yeah, um, I drank the Kool Aid on that one. You could say. I mean, going back to it now, I know it wasn't the best movie, but you know what? I still appreciate for what it is, and I still think it's the strongest one out of all the other prequels. Yeah. So those summer blockbuster movies, and I, I liked your your point there about 
you're out of school, right? Yeah. And that's when the season starts is you're out of school. Yes, I can go see a movie whenever I want. Yeah. If I was you know, a kid in the middle of the day, let's go see a movie. Yeah. And for me, The Lost World Jurassic Park Ooh. was the first movie I remember being like hugely excited for in theaters. I was old enough to understand the concept. I love Jurassic Park. I yeah. didn't, wasn't old enough to see it in the theaters mm-hmm. at the time. Like it was only eight or whatever when it came out. Yeah. This came out five years after that. So I was quite a bit older and that was the first time I went hunting out looking for trailers. Oh, so I remember man. flipping through TV stations hoping to land <laughs> on a trailer. And there's a very specific scene, something, this really weird memory that sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. So there's a part in The Lost World where one of the characters is attacked by the little compies, like the little dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. And I didn't get the idea yet that sequels didn't necessarily always have the same characters in them. Yeah. And so there's a point where these little compies, these little dinosaurs swarm a guy. And I thought it was Alan Grant. Oh. And I was really upset that Alan Grant was being attacked by dinosaurs and likely dying. Yeah. And I that sticks out. My, I remember <laughs> sitting in my parents' bedroom on their like 10-inch TV <laughs> watching this and just being mesmerized oh man and that was the first time i experienced this anticipation yeah for a summer blockbuster movie so some of my big ones were armageddon and saving private ryan oh armageddon yeah, yeah. it's in 98 both of them oh, so those are man. two big ones yeah bruce men, willis eh? yeah yeah men in black men in black 97. yeah of course yeah yeah and again with armageddon it's still i know it's a michael bay movie yeah it's still one of my like, it's my I, favorite it's michael a guilty, bay movie. guilty pleasure movie <laughs> i love that. that and the rock that's so cool the, the, the scene when the the oil Spill. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, and then again, Star Wars Episode One. Oh yeah. So this is course. again. I didn't get into Star Wars until they came re were re released in ninety seven. Mm-hmm. So I started to build my love. And Episode One, I didn't go and wait in lines or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it was my first kind of exposure to the atmosphere around a Star Wars movie. And then it was Episode Three, like yeah. you said. That was the first movie I ever pre bought tickets for. Oh, nice. I went in like two or three weeks in advance, made sure I had my tickets at oh, hand, that's awesome. had them stuck up on my wall. Nice. And every day I saw them, I was like, "Okay, I'm coming for you." So episode cool. Three, and again, you know, at that time, at the age that the both of us were, yeah, they were good. Like yeah. I know people might bash them and all that and yeah. I, I won't I'm not going to sit here and rip them apart or anything yeah. but I remember those experiences and maybe the movie again isn't as strong as some of the other entries yeah. but again I go back to the experience that came with it exactly. pre-buying tickets the excitement and mm-hmm. I agree it is the best of the pre for sure but I, like I said, I'm always chasing this this idea, this sense of childhood wonder when I sit down in a movie theater yeah. and it's the summer blockbusters that usually give that to you yeah Especially with that movie at that time, that's the uh, as far as we knew, that's the last Star Wars movie we were ever going to see. Exactly. You know, we finally get to see the transition from Anakin to Vader. We got a good lightsaber battle. I still liked uh, the score was cool. That was so. one of the best lightsaber battle. Like For that was sure. so well that, choreographed. That's incredible. And Mustafar, oh, yeah, awesome. We spend a lot of time talking about comic book movies mm-hmm. in particular, so I thought it'd be kind of fun if we talked a bit about movies that we're looking forward to. If any, yeah. in this year's summer slate of movies. So I'm talking kind of May to August here. Cool, cool. And so we'll, we'll push away the, the comic book movies for a little while here. Mm. We'll just talk a bit about the other movies and just see if studios are capturing that summer blockbuster feel or if they've relinquished that mm-hmm. all and left it to the comic book movies. Because right. they've seemedly taken the places of your Independence Days, yeah. your, your big kind of Men in Black, your mm-hmm. sci-fi thrillers. Bad Boys too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They've yeah. taken that place and the, yeah. the, they're sitting on this pedestal now as the big movies. Mm-hmm. So you remove those and what's left. I think that's what we should talk about to yeah. see if there's anything out there that we're actually excited for that captures that same sort of nostalgic feeling that we're chasing to in these summer blockbuster movies. Something that to get away from just the everyday and not be a comic book movie. For sure. 
So cool. May. So we just had Civil War, which is the official kickoff. That first week of I'd May yeah. is traditionally. I know we step back into April with Man, Batman vs Superman, but that first week of May is traditionally. That's usually the Star Wars slot, right. and it's now the Marvel slot. But yeah. <laughs> that's the unofficial or official kickoff mm-hmm. of the summer movie season. Mm-hmm. And coming up here in the next few days, we've got the nice guys. Oh, it's, okay, yeah. yeah, Gosling. Yeah, I'm a big Gosling fan. I really like Gosling. Um, What's how to forget his name? Uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah. He's he's pretty cool. He's a lot better when he's not singing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah. you know, this doesn't give the big feel. Got Angry yeah. Birds coming out the same weekend. Yeah. For the kids, the family, I think it'll be a yeah. ray, kind of the Lego Movie, the answer to the Lego Movie. Exactly. Yeah. Then you got Neighbors Two, Sorority Rising. Yeah, I like the first. Did you see the first? Yeah, one? I it liked it. Funny. Yeah, yeah it's really funny. Yeah, Zac Efron, I quite like. Yeah. As a comedic actor. Yeah. And he's doing some good stuff on the new Baywatch movie, I guess. With yeah. Chris Rock, right? Or Chris Rock, or, uh, um, um, with, with the Rock, with the Rock. Yeah, the Rock's in there, and um, I think Pamela Anderson's making it. Yeah, in there and too. David Hasselhoff. Yes, yes. So that's coming out next hour, so that'll be something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. But again, I'll probably. This seems like a rent to me. I'm not going to take my time go yeah, to the movie theater and pay not. 18 bucks to go see this. But again, it was a fun movie the first go around. It, really it looks like it's a repeat of the script and of the same story. Yeah. Just like, how can we contrive a reason to get Zac Efron and Seth Rogen back together in the same house doing very similar antics? And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. But again, it doesn't really fit this bill of a summer blockbuster. No, no. So you do get comedies interspersed throughout the season. That's right. And there's usually some of your best comedies. Like, I think Knocked Up was in there. Oh, amongst, yeah. And there's some other stuff that usually comes out. And there's one coming out in June that I'm mm-hmm. super excited for. Oh, yeah? We'll get to here in a little cool. bit. <laughs> coming out opposite of X-Men Apocalypse, which I did not realize, is Alice Through the Looking Glass. Oh, wow. And okay. when we saw the trailer attached to Civil War, in my mind, I was like, I guess because we haven't, I haven't really been paying attention that much to the Alice in Wonderland sequel. Yeah, <laughs> I just assumed it was coming out in September or something. Yeah, yeah, not that soon. <laughs> I didn't realize it was coming out in a couple of weeks. Wow. So this again is is playing off of this concept of Disney going back and doing live action remakes of childhood fairy tales or whatever mm-hmm. that they did way back when. And looking at this, I'm not that excited, but yeah. the Alice <laughs> in Wonderland was like a billion dollar movie. Yeah. So this, again, sets, and it's heavily effects-driven. Mm-hmm. And this kind of starts to give you the idea and concept and tone of what it would be considered a traditional summer blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. I still don't see it. Like, I'm, I'm picturing, like, disaster effects-driven movies yeah. as blockbusters. This, again, to me, doesn't fit that bill. Mm-hmm. But do you think this thing will have the running room opposed to X-Men Apocalypse to do another billion dollars to add to that domestic haul that Disney has? Does this have the yeah. strength? I don't, I don't... I mean, it'll appeal to the kids... <laughs> They have they have a decent amount of actors that have the name recognition amongst the, yeah, the parents. Depp, I guess. Yeah, you know, it, and, and um, Tim Burton's wife. I forgot yeah. her name. Helen Batnacar. Yeah, but you know, when we saw this trailer, the trailer wasn't horrible, but Tim Burton didn't sell for me at all. <laughs> it, it was like he's just reading cue cards, and I was kind of like, I could have done without you. In the yeah. Trailer. Oh yeah, I thought he did that trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that was really weird, right? But, um, yeah, you know, I don't think of it as a big blockbuster movie. But I, I, it might work. I mean, These make... ones continue to surprise me. Like Cinderella, yeah. The Jungle Book, which I heard is incredible. I heard it's great. Maleficent. Yeah. These yeah. ones, I had predicted Maleficent, whenever it came out a year or two ago, to be a giant flop. Yeah. And this thing goes and makes, like, hundreds of millions of dollars of movies. It's incredible. Or a hundred million dollar movies. <laughs> and they continue to surprise these live-action remakes. I don't think they're going to do well. And they yeah. do gangbusters they, in the box They office. do. Yeah. I mean, I think they're... they're doing an Aladdin I think they're doing another Peter Pan Beauty and, and the Beast Beauty and the Beast which has a pretty good cast 
and um, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Which terrifies me because seeing <laughs> Ursula in, in real life. I, I, How do you pull that off? Oh, that just terrifies <laughs> me. And, me and Courtney, my fiance, go over and over about this. And that, <laughs> if anything scares the anything out of me, it's seen a real life Ursula. So. Yeah, and I guess we have to get around kind of mermaids and all that. Yeah. And, oh, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these movies, I'm not sure exactly when all these live action movies come out, but they're usually kind of interspersed, usually one or two a year within that summer blockbuster. Yeah. Again, it doesn't give me that same feel. No. It doesn't, I don't, I don't, when I look at these, I'm, maybe it's just because of the type of movies I like. Right. I'm looking for our Close Encounters, which came out, I think, in November or something. But it's that type of movie, like E.T. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jaws. Yeah, something. yeah. It's just blockbusters, right? So June, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I guess technically uh-huh. is the comic book for movie. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But again, fits the bill yeah. of a summer blockbuster. Definitely. We have kind of the Michael Bay sort of yeah. Yeah. world that he's created, this explosions. <laughs> yeah. And, very effects driven so this mm-hmm. kind of fits the bill and he's had some good previous summer blockbusters and like i said before armageddon yeah. bad boys 2 transformers <laughs> yeah Huge. exactly that's, that's big money yeah that is big money yeah. and kind of more or less the present day outside of comic books quintessential Block- summer blockbuster yeah, right right these definitely. things make a billion dollars no matter the quality or whatever it's all about the effects and the yeah. explosions and the merchandise and, that this thing brings in too exactly so. coming out the following week warcraft i'm not a big yeah. video game player yeah. I've never played World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the concept the behind it, the <laughs> yeah. orcs and all yeah. that. I look at it, and maybe it's just because my personal... I just say flop. Yeah. Like, this thing looks like it costs a ton of money to make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's going to bring in the crowds that, say, maybe an Alice in Wonderland would bring in, that even a Civil War or Batman yeah. versus... You're going to get parts of those crowds, but our family's going to go and see Warcraft. No, and, and the thing is, it's a video game movie. Video yeah. game movies don't do well. Like, you know, Assassin's Creed is coming out. What did you think of that this. trailer? For Assassin's Creed? Yeah. Didn't like it. And it's Fastbender's in there. He's your boy. Yeah, I know. Fastbender's <laughs> my guy. That guy's money. Um, but this... This trailer wasn't door for, but maybe it's because I'm just not a fan of the property. I'm not. I'm a big video game guy. I don't like Assassin's Creed, so don't kill me out there. <laughs> I don't like Assassin's Creed. I've never really gone into World of Warcraft or just Warcraft. I don't know. It looks heavy on the CG, big time. Yeah, and there's different clans of orcs, and yeah. we're stepping into this Lord of the Rings looking right. world. I always find those a bit complicated. Like I really love Lord of the Rings, mm. and the Hobbits didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself going to the movies to watch. No, this. I don't. And, and who who's this? Who's the audience for this? Because you can't, you can't just rely on the video gamers, you know? No. So our parents are going to go see this, and little, little kids aren't really going to go see no, this. No, so. you're going to bring in the lovers of the genre, maybe? This yeah. more Lord of the Rings-esque type people. Yeah. If it's you get good word of mouth, I haven't heard really anything about it. No. You might get other people filtering in, but you're not really going to hook the big crowd, the big base you need, probably to propel this thing into a franchise like they want. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm not gonna go see this. I'll tell no, you that right now. No, it might be a Netflix kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But coming up to that is now you see me too. Yes. So yes. have you seen the original? No. You... It's actually it's actually quite good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It it's got um, Jesse Eisenberg in it, mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson, uh, Dave Franco. So oh, it's got a really yeah. good cast. And they're bringing somebody else into the fold in this one. Can't remember they? her name, but she's yeah. quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's the other actress isn't coming back for it. And they're replacing her with another actress. Right. And I feel like a real dick for not knowing either of the actresses' names. Rattling off the males. Yeah. I'm not really a misogynist or anything like that. I just can't remember the names. But it's sitting on the tip of my tongue. If yeah. I remember, I will say it. But yeah, she's hilarious. Cool. And it looks like it's going to be a good comedy. Mm-hmm. And the effects in it were really cool. Yeah. 
Again, I don't know if I'd go sit in a movie theater. It's a nice Netflix or maybe a Apple rental yeah. on one of those evenings where you're like, eh, I don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. I've seen Now You See Me. Maybe Now I See Me Too would be good. Right. It looks like it has that, that caliber. For me, it's a rent. Yeah. You know, when we talk through this, we're already kind of halfway through June here. <laughs> I'm not really feeling like there's a summer blockbuster. There's one movie I'm thinking in particular that yeah. I'm really excited for to capture that nostalgia. Yeah. But again, I'm a little worried that because the comic book movies have come in and more or less taken that spot, when you remove them, yeah. you get down to the bare bones of the movies. There's not a lot there that I'm super excited for. Yeah. But let's pump through the rest of this this cool. list here. So Finding Dory, a sequel years in the making. Years in the making, right? And it's funny because my wife, my wife watches Ellen, and so once in a while it's on, and my daughter quite likes it too. She likes <laughs> dancing with Ellen. But she's been pumping this movie for what seems like three, four years. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Coming out. But this is going to do huge. It's going to be massive, right? And yeah. this was what I would consider a summer animated blockbuster. For sure. There was always one of those when I was a kid. There was mm-hmm. a big summer animated movie that we had to go check out. Definitely. And this, again, for Disney, yeah. is going to do huge, huge oh, yeah. money. Pixar has just such a great track record. Oh, yeah. This is something that... If my daughter was a little older, I would love to take her to. I really look forward to that day when she's a little older and understands and can sit in a movie theater for two hours. Going to these movies because I thoroughly enjoy them. And I find because we've always got so much going on and we don't take the time to watch those movies anymore. Mm -hmm. We just watched Inside Out and I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It it just had so much adult satirical humor in it that goes right over the kids' heads. And it's kind of built in for audiences like us that have young kids that want to see these but also that the fact that we're going to sit there and enjoy it mm-hmm. and so i really appreciate that with with pixar so for sure. i'll pick this as kind of looking through this list the first big summer blockbuster movie mm-hmm. that i would consider on this list so far and that's we're sitting when you take out the comic book movies that is when we're sitting in the middle of june here that's so, gonna be a big one yeah and coming in opposite that also <laughs> is central intelligence which is the kevin hart <laughs> and the rock and the rock yeah I'm super excited for this. I saw the trailer seeing uh, Civil War for the second time. Yeah. I saw the trailer for that one. It yeah. looks hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I'm super. I this is <laughs> probably one of the first comedies that I'm going to go see in theaters in quite some time. Nice. I just I love everything The Rock does. Yeah. Not only from his movies, but to social media presence. Oh man, and so charismatic. He is, yeah. and he must. Like I'm not trying to discredit him or anything, but he must have someone that writes his inspirational quotes from. Because oh, every time, yeah. every day on Instagram, I read, I'm like. I feel so much more inspired. Right? <laughs> I'm like, how does guy have time to lift millions of pounds of weights, go act for 12 hours, and then write the most inspirational quotes? I want this guy to write a book and shove all no these kidding. into it. I just read a page a day. Ah, I feel so much better about everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to get out there and support him. And does it fit the bill? Maybe, maybe not. But at the same time, it's going to be one of these movies that you can go into on, like I said, a hot day, yes. sit down, laugh for two hours, oh, have a good time, for come sure. out and just enjoy. Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to that one. The one coming out at the end of June here, and this is the one that I know it's probably not going to be a stellar movie, mm-hmm. but it's going to rekindle a lot of that idea for me of a summer blockbuster. Oh, yeah. That's Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, that's a big one. So it drops on June 24th. A lot of the same cast returning. Yeah. Got Liam Hemsworth joining. Mm-hmm. A few other good actors in there. And I'm super pumped for it. Mm-hmm. The trailers look ridiculous. <laughs> the destruction <laughs> looks like just so epic. Yeah. It's Like I said at the, at the top here, Independence Day was one of those ones. I was, it came out in 94, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so I was a little young to see it in theaters, but I remember seeing it after. Yeah. And just being like, this is incredible. That's one of my favorite movies. That's cool. Going yeah. back to that. 
I feel like I have like a thousand favorite movies, but <laughs> it's again, it was so good. I love Will Smith in it. Yeah. And what's his name? Uh, the, the president, the one that plays the president, no. or the scientist? Scientist. Like, oh, shoot. From Ian Park. Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the hell's his name? <laughs> I don't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> See, I forget male names too. <laughs> but they're all back. Yeah. And the president's back, and I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. This yeah. is, to me, what you want in a summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, again, is it going to do billion dollars? Probably not. Right. But that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's about the concept of this effects-driven movie and it's a lot of fun, and yeah. you can escape just for two hours. And sometimes you have to go into a movie and just turn your brain off. Exactly. You cannot think about every single plot thread in detail. Exactly. Whether it's the editing or the acting, the cinematography, you just got to let it go and just absorb the movie for what it is, right? <laughs> that seems a bit counterintuitive to some of the stuff that we do on the podcast when we review movies as far as turning your brain off. But again, I think this is a very different type of movie from some of the other movies that we've reviewed on here. Yeah. But it has a specific goal of just letting you have fun, seeing ridiculous destruction. Mm. It's like CGI porn, destruction yeah. porn, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what this is going to be. I'm super, super stoked Can't for this. Can't wait for that one. No, it's going to be good. Okay, rolling into July, yes. which growing up was always the month when you had the biggest movies. Oh, I always saw July as the movie that hosted your major blockbusters. And a lot of the times it was Will Smith movies. No kidding, right? Yeah. It came out around Independence Day or American Independence Day. Yeah. When I see July, I'm always expecting to see the biggest movies. And now that's changed a lot mm-hmm. recently within the last 10 years or so. But this year, is it's this is probably where we have the concentration of some of the biggest movies in the summer blockbuster movies later outside of the comic book movies. Mm-hmm. So we're just kicking off with Legend of Tarzan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like Tarzan, the mythos, but this one isn't really doing it for me. You know, I kind of like the idea where it's like he's already been Tarzan, mm-hmm. he's now lives in London, and he's coming back to the jungle, which is kind of a cool concept. But I feel like this is just so worn out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like we've had numerous of these similar type movies mm-hmm. in the past ten years or so. Yeah, the actor is enormous. <laughs> Shaq. Oh the, the CG looks great with yeah. the apes. Yeah. And some of the fight sequences are probably going to be pretty good. And we've got Margot Robbie in there. Margot, She's and what's his good. name from all the Tarantino movies? Oh, yeah. How do I forget his name? Uh, Christoph Waltz. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. he'll bring a great presence. Mm-hmm. And again, it could be a surprise breakout. Yeah. But again, something I'm probably going to visit later on. Yeah. It's not really my type of, of movie right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Yeah, exactly. And then we have Spielberg. Now, Spielberg, one of the, what I'd call the co-creators of the summer blockbuster oh, yeah. genre. Huge. He's got this movie called the BFG. Yeah, the book, the kids' book. Yes, exactly. And I didn't, I don't know much about it. I've never read the kids' book or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I'm sure at some point along the line I will get to it with my daughter. For sure. But I guess it centers around a young girl that finds this kind of gentle and charming giant. Yeah. Big friendly giant. Big friendly giant, yeah. Yeah. So I guess the whole story develops in there, sees the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. And and being that it's a Spielberg movie, I don't know. I feel like I'm such a downer right now. I'm just not excited for some of these movies. I know, I know. And I've seen the trailer, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are super excited for this that have some connection to the book. Mm-hmm. And I have all the faith in the world of Steven Spielberg adapting this into something that's going to look spectacular, yeah. as well as tell a good story. Yeah. And so you get that aspect of it, and so him alone intrigues me. And you have the guy that just won the Oscar for Bridge of Spies, best supporting. Oh, Mark. Oh, it's Mark something. Or Ryland. Right? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. But I know his first name is Mark. Yeah. yeah. It's having, not Ruffalo. <laughs> we're a really hard time with names this episode. 
<laughs> but it looks, it looks to be good. Yeah. And the following week we got Ghostbusters. Yeah. How did I forget about that one? Which <laughs> I'm excited for. Yeah. It has a special place in my heart. Because that's, that's cool. one of the movies that my dad and I really bonded over when I was a kid. Nice. I had all the toys. Oh, you had to. Yeah, yeah, I had the big tower and the oh, Echo, nice the, car. the car, yeah, yeah. and the backpack. Slimer, I got Slimer oh. sitting around oh, here somewhere. Oh, man, that was so cool. And I remember going as a, a Ghostbuster for Halloween nice. and all that. So people are really upset about how the trailer turned out. Yeah. And I agreed, and I said that I wasn't a big fan of the trailer, how they cut it. Yeah. It was a bit deceiving. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. It's the same universe as a reboot. reboot. What yeah. is it? The the ladies that are in it, they're fantastic. Oh, yeah, I love Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. Paul Feig that's it's directing it. Yeah. It's in a lot of good comedy movies like Bridesmaids yeah. and a few others. And so I'm gonna get check this one out. Definitely. I think a lot of nostalgia is gonna bring me into this. I'm home over this period in time, so my dad and I are gonna go check this out. Nice. Just for a throwback and just to experience it together. Yeah. And so again, that's another big thing is is who you experience these movies with. For sure. And my dad in particular was someone that I went to a lot of these movies with, and mm-hmm. he wanted to go see these. And this is something we always got excited for growing up: is let's go check out the next big Sombra blockbuster cool. movie. So he took me to the Jurassic World, or Jurassic World. <laughs> he took uh, me, Lost World. He took me to the Lost World. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun there, and that was another fond memories oh, going yeah. back and and reliving some of this stuff with my dad, and and the fact that I get to go check Ghostbusters out with him, something that again we have an attachment to yeah. together. And I think that's just that's going to be a lot of fun that's for me. That's so cool. And then we move into Star Trek Beyond. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Three. Yeah. In the absence of J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I love the first one. First one was, was great. First one was really cool. I think uh, the second one wasn't bad. I think it got a lot of hate, actually. But I don't think it was as bad as people made it out to be. It just wasn't as strong as the first one. No, I, I like the cast. They're all yeah. great. Oh, yeah. This, the trailer they chopped to make it look like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. just really undersold it for me. Yeah, it really did. And I feel like they've gone a direction trying to capture something, something in the moment that really doesn't fit the Star Trek universe. Exactly. J.J. Abrams set that universe up. And I really liked what they did with the timeline. Yeah. They didn't erase anything. Exactly. They just basically spurred off and it's a new timeline. It's the own universe, right? Yeah. So it allows yeah. you to explore different stories without erasing the past. So yeah. it's like without going the route that Star Wars went by essentially deleting or removing all the Legend series. Yeah. And they had a reason to do that, I guess, so they didn't overlap with anything or have to feel themselves compelled to be bound to continuity. Yeah. But the way that they did this and leaving everything else intact, as a, a someone that really likes continuity, yeah. that was really cool. Exactly. I thought it was so cool because it's no longer constrained to, to its previous universe, right? Yeah. But so, you don't delete anything. Exactly. You still have all that. You can go back and revisit. Because my cousin was a huge Next Generation fan. Cool. And, you know, I have friends that are really, really into Star Trek. And having that, that spur off, that timeline, and this continue through to Star Trek Beyond, I'm going to close out this series. Yeah. I'm going to go back and watch probably one and two before nice. I experience three. Whether or not that's in the theater is another question. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd like to close this out and see an end to this. But at the same time, I I really don't see them ending this this series. I see this no, continuing through. No. And this talks that might come back to TV now too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It should be interesting. Well, Star Trek's been around forever. Oh, yeah, a long, long it's, time. Right? They call it the, the series that would ne- wouldn't die. Yeah. They tried to cancel. They tried to can, and the fans kept bringing it. And this is another one that has like a rabid fan base, right? Oh, yeah. And maybe not particularly these movies, yeah. but the whole Star Trek idea and this idea of the Trek conventions. Oh, and yeah. Because my cousin used to go to them, so I had kind of experience as a young child mm-hmm. to what was going on, kind of a far proximity. But 
it kind of was one of the first experiences I had with someone that was really invested in something. He had all the next oh, generation boy. action figures. It was really cool. That is neat. Yeah. And I've grown up to be a man-child myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have the latest entry into the Bourne franchise, oh, revisiting yeah. the Jason Bourne series. So this movie is called Jason Bourne. Yeah. Moving away from kind of the Bourne ultimatum, Bourne supremacy, all that sort of yeah. titling. And again, the trailer looks great. It's Matt Damon looks awesome. Yeah, that's the title character again. Yeah, seemingly moved away from the Jeremy Renner. Poor guy though, yeah. too, because hey? this guy was meant to get the keys to the Mission Impossible franchise, and then Tom Cruise just yeah. got better, yeah. so it went back to him. And then same with the Bourne franchise, and then now it's gone right back to Matt Damon again. So I guess he's stuck with Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Hawkeye. Yeah. He's a really good Hawkeye. Yeah. He's a really nice presence on that movie. Yeah, yeah. In Civil is. War. Yeah. I really like the franchise, mm-hmm. and I liked what they did for the genre of that type of film. And I feel like movies like The Winter Soldier really benefited from that initial Jason Bourne sort oh, of style. Sure. That quick cut, that fighting style, kind of using what's around you to be the shit out of people. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> and so, again, that was another step. So I believe the first Bourne was came out in the summer so it kind of fit this bill of a summer blockbuster mm-hmm. and again this is continuing on with that trend nice. and it looks like it's going to be again revisiting and reinvigorating this franchise and going back to its roots nice. i felt that the second and third one weren't nearly as strong as the first one right and even this reboot i didn't mind it because it mm-hmm. was kind of interfingered with the other born movie i think right. it was happening at the same time as three or at the same time as two cool so it was kind of neat how they integrated that mm-hmm. You know, looking at July as a whole, yeah. there's a lot of big movies there. And I think this, you know, roughly, maybe not for me as far as a nostalgic mm-hmm. standpoint, but this fits the bill as a big summer blockbuster oh, yeah. month. Yeah, this is something for everybody, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder how many times I've said summer blockbuster in this podcast <laughs> so far. I'm going to stop saying it. <laughs> as we move into the last month here in the slate of movies, we have Pete's Dragon, yeah. which is a remake from a 1977 film. Oh, you, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It used to play on The Wonderful World of Disney when I was a kid. Yeah. So I've seen it a couple of times on there. And it's just kind of this cool integration of the animation and live action. Right, like the Mary Poppins. Yeah, style. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I, the trailer for it looked pretty cool, but I don't know how it's going to look. Because I think Pete's Dragon was pretty doped up sort yeah of. yeah it was pink and green <laughs> yeah but this one seems like they should change the tell to uh pete's dog yeah <laughs> it looks like it's furry it doesn't even look yeah. like a dragon right it yeah. looks like the one from um the never ending story yeah <laughs> Falcor. yeah <laughs> but you just have a dog that looks like Falcor. <laughs> there's no reason i remember that name yeah <laughs> i believe this is a disney property i think it, yeah i believe it is at least the original one was so yeah so yeah. i'm sure this will get a big viewership and again you're reintroducing some of these films some of these concepts some of these old movies to a new generation so you're updating a lot of this and that's a lot i think this is what the summer's about yeah is reintroducing a lot of these stories to a younger generation that's a good point yeah so you get like the jungle book yeah you're getting again you're looking at alice in wonderland you're yeah. going throwback sequels to the independence day yeah. and you're getting like, ghostbusters yeah so you're seeing Holy a lot smokes. of this introducing of old concept movies from the 70s and 80s it's you're really trying to capture people like us that have kids yeah and maybe a bit older that experience these movies as the summer blockbusters yeah. in their their youth, mm-hmm. and now they're trying to pick up back on right. their children. So it's kind of a cool thing that That's they're doing here. When you look yeah. through the slate of movies, you're seeing a lot of rehashing of old concepts yeah. and long-awaited sequels. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking for Independence Day, we're talking like what is it, twenty years Holy since smokes. the original? Yeah. Wow. And over 20 years, I think. So Yeah, because 96 or 94 came out. So 94, 96, I don't know, yeah. something like that. It's yeah. well overdue, that's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they got all the cast back, and it looks mm-hmm. like 
looking at the trailers, it's going to be, oh, I've spent 25 years preparing everyone for this. So it looks yeah. like they're going just real time. Yeah. So. 25 years to grow that beard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ben-Hur, which again yeah. was a movie that was made, I think, originally in the late 50s. Mm-hmm. And it was considered like this massive effect. Spectacle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Groundbreaking is a great word for it. And they're coming back to this. So this like swords and sandals type yeah. movie. And I have seen the original Ben-Hur once a mm-hmm. long time ago. And I'm a bit intrigued by this movie yeah. to see. I'm not a huge fan of the whole swords and sandals genre okay, yeah. itself. I did like Gladiator and mm-hmm. a few of those other movies. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested. I'm intrigued by this one to see if they're able to capture... You know, going back and revisiting Ben Hur 1959 is probably not going to be a pleasant experience for most modern day audiences. Sure. Yeah. But updating and again hitting on this idea of going back and updating these things for a new generation. Yes. And is this going to get a massive franchise there? Probably not. Yeah. Someone's probably taking this as a passion project and said, I love Ben Hur as a kid, or my dad did, or whatever, and I want to do it well. Yeah. I want to do it and, and pull this into the modern day. So I'm hoping it's not just going to be another Swords and Sandals movie. We've had a lot of those, 300, and yeah, yeah. Gods of Egypt yeah. was a giant flop this year. <laughs> yeah. So these movies are hit and miss. They're kind yeah. of like westerns, right? Yeah. You get a good one, and then you get a couple of shitty ones, exactly. and then you get another good one. So hopefully this hits on the good mark, and this kind of ends off the summer blockbuster For season sure. with on a high note. Mm-hmm. As interspersed there too in August, you have Suicide Squad, yeah. which is kind of in the place of where the original Guardians was, right. and it was a breakout hit as well. Yeah. Um, which I'm expecting that Suicide Squad is going to be too. For sure. But we're not talking about comic book movies. That kind of wraps up yeah. the, the whole summer slate. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Is there anything that we kind of missed? Is there anything else that you're looking forward to? Uh, well, in general, I'm, I got... Actually, the trailer just came out. Ben Affleck and J.K. Simmons, the accountant. Okay. Looks really, really cool. Uh, make sure you uh, you check it out. It's... um. When does that drop? Uh, I don't even know. I don't. It must be pretty soon. Okay. But the role that Ben Affleck is playing is something we've never seen him do before. He he has zero dialogue throughout the whole trailer, and uh, this guy looks like he's about his business in this trailer. Okay. So uh, go out and check it out. Looks really cool. Uh, the Magnificent Seven, which yeah. is a cool western coming out with Denzel Washington, uh, Chris Pratt, and Ethan Hawke. Yeah, so yeah. That's so pretty cool. for that. I don't know when yeah. that drops. I'm not too sure. It makes sense to be in the summer, eh? But yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure if it will or not. Yeah. But yeah, that, the trailer looks awesome. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Um, what's the other? Fantastic Beast. I mean, I've never really been to Harry Potter, but Courtney got me into it, and it's pretty cool. And I'm yeah. a sucker for prequels. Even though it's not a direct prequel, but it's in that universe, I think, yeah. 70 years before. So that should be pretty neat. And The Girl on the Train, it's based off a novel. Okay. Uh, again, Courtney read this book, and it's, it's a pretty cool um, concept going on. So those are the things I'm looking forward to outside of the comic book yeah. world, basically. Yeah. Great on. Yeah. Well, like we said, this this is a movie, this is a summer of revisiting. and yeah. trying to capture some of that nostalgia. And, you know, for me personally, I'm not getting that vibe, that feel. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really cool that they're going back and... And rehashing some of these ideas. Absolutely. And the fact that they were producing a movie like Jungle Book that gets awesome critical reception yeah. and awesome fan reception is just a real testament to what Disney's doing over there as far as bringing and modernizing these films. And I'm hoping we see that throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. And we get some surprise hits in there as well. I'm hoping to see that, you know, Independence Day does really well. I hope so. And I hope it's just kind of what we're expecting. Yeah. Don't go in there expecting a character... <laughs> plot driven yeah. something that connects up and makes so much sense it makes you really think right. it's just gonna be a bunch of aliens blowing shit up <laughs> <laughs> what what studio is this is it Fox or is it I can't remember I don't know huh. <laughs> I yeah. don't know it'll be interesting to see though let us know what you guys think about the summer movie slate yeah what are you most uh, anticipating this summer right yeah yeah, yeah. so 
you can hit us up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode, or you can always get us at hashtag into the nerd room. Exactly. Easiest way. Let yeah. us know your, your thoughts, your opinions on some of our blockbuster movies. What were some of your favorites as a kid? Mm-hmm. And what are some of the ones you're looking forward to this year? Next week, we we're talking X-Men and Apocalypse in comics. So we're bringing on a buddy, Elliot. He's yeah. coming in. He's our in-house. X-Men we, guru. Exactly. Yeah. We were like that guy in Pawn Stars. I know a guy. Know yeah. a guy. Just give me a second. I know a guy. <laughs> so he's going to come in and yeah. talk all things X-Men and Apocalypse in the comics. So we're going to focus in, similar to what we did with Civil War, some of the key stories around Apocalypse and X-Men and really what he thinks is going to fold into the movie. So he's gone back and revisited some of the animated cartoons, yes. some of the key storylines from the mid-90s, and some of the Age of Apocalypse it's stuff great. as well. So he's going to give us a good indication. So I'm going to try to go back, and Troy's going to try to go back and read a few things, oh, maybe sure. revisit some of the animated stuff. So we have a good discussion going into, and try to make a few predictions here. So sure. <laughs> I'm going to try to do less predictions so that I'm not weighing myself into the movie too much <laughs> and being disappointed when something doesn't happen. Not that I was disappointed with something more. I want to make that very, very clear. So it'll be a great episode, especially for anybody out there that's trying to get into the X-Men universe, because it's yeah. very hard. Well, I don't want to say very hard, but it's kind of difficult to get into, right? Because the X-Men, it's like, where do you start? Because yeah. there's so much uh, history and story arcs that go on. So be sure to check out that episode next week, because that'll be a good jumping point, basically, yeah, to be. get back into the X-Men. I think it's time I go check out Civil War again. Yeah, you should do it, man. <laughs> I'm probably going to go sometime this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. As always, it's been a pleasure always talking awesome. comics and movies. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the nerd room. So yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not doing that. No, no, we're, no, we're Sanjay. No. Yeah. Should do a hashtag vote Sanjay back on the show. Yeah. Speed up the process. Yeah. Hash- <laughs> yeah, come on. Hashtag Sanjay Liz or come on back Sanjay or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, we are out. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts, Tim, Sanjay, and Troy on Twitter at TheNerdRM1912Podcasting and Troy, the boy 87 <laughs>